What a great show we have for you guys tonight as for the first time ever, longtime listener and patron of the show, Uncle Chris will be joining me here in the co-host chair to talk about all the big things that happened this week in WWE, as well as what got him into wrestling, some of his favorite memories. And yes, if you've read the description of this show, he presents my own personal hell at the end of the program. So you're not going to want to miss this one. Let's get everything started right after this. While TV shows are great to watch, no one really wants to be a victim of stalking. Stalking makes for good ratings, but who actually wants to experience it in real life? With over 160 websites that mine and share your personal information, strangers on the internet can find you. Prevent stalking before it happens. Hire Privacy Pros. Privacy Pros is the only hands-on, bespoke, American-based privacy company that manually scrubs your sensitive information off the internet. Let Privacy Pros get their hands dirty so you don't have to. Visit privacypros.com slash wrestling for more information. That's privacypros.com slash wrestling for more information. Privacy Pros, the premier professional opt-out services. Are you looking for a new podcast to listen to? Maybe one that's inspiring, relatable, and just plain fun to listen to? then check out Curated Advice on Better Living. That's Curated Advice on Better Living. So what exactly is this podcast about? Well, it's hosted by millennial Khaled Sultan and his quest to discover different cultures, perspectives, and philosophies. There's nothing scripted in this show. No conversation is the same. The only recurring question they have is, what's your advice on how to live a better life? I think we can all find a way to live a better life. And this podcast, with listening just just a couple of episodes, I can tell you with confidence that you'll be able to relate to some of these topics. And the latest episode that has been published is all about a toxic relationship that his guest was in just prior to the a pandemic. And the relationship he was in ended, his 10-year relationship ended just prior to the pandemic beginning. And you hear his struggle, his, his, uh, his journey to healing. And it's so well done, very high quality audio, so you don't have to worry about that. And you can find this podcast. It's called Curated Advice on Better Living. It's available really everywhere, right? Podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts, you have Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Stitcher, and much more, including Anchor. So you're not going to want to miss this. Each episode is a different guest. And the latest episode, their fourth episode, they talk to a coworker from the radio on his career in radio. So you're not going to want to miss that. You can check out Curated Advice on Better Living and help yourself live a better life today. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. Welcome to the WWE Podcast. It is Sunday, November 28th, 2021. I'm your host, Matt, and we are going to be joining with Chris, Uncle Chris, longtime listener and patron of the show in just a minute. And what a great conversation. First time ever that we had him on the show, and he's here because... He's not only a passionate wrestling fan, but he got himself on Patreon. And if you join there, 
with a raw tier or higher, that's one of the benefits of getting into that tier is you get to come on the show once a month for a conversation, um, typically a Monday Night Raw review or in this case, a weekend review. And what a great time it was. It felt like we had talked a million times before. Sometimes you just have natural chemistry, and uh, this was no exception, as Chris and I had a wonderful conversation, nearly two hours of just you know, kind of shooting the breeze and talking with talking with him about old old stuff, what got him into wrestling, and of course diving into the new content as that that's what the name of this show is. But first, I want to give a shout out. Speaking of patrons, to our latest patron, newest one. Uh, this is his new. The username is Wiftat. Uh, so I'm assuming that's not your your first name, but uh, that's the username we have is Wiftat. So Wiftat. Uh, if that's your real name, welcome. If not, then um, let me know what your name is and we'll give you a proper shout out. But thank you so much for your patronage of the show. And uh, hey, guys, listen, it's the holiday season. You know what that means? More ads, right? Like, Why are you still listening to these ads? If you want to get rid of the ads you heard at the beginning of the show and you're here throughout the show, join Patreon because for a dollar, you can erase all the ads, all of them gone for every show we do. We pump out like nine shows a week. So I think you're going to get your money's worth for a dollar. Of course, you can go higher in tiers and get other benefits, but why not just join Patreon? If I were you guys, I would. And I'm just, I'm just saying that, right? Like I have joined Patreon for other wrestling podcasts, not because, not only because I want to support them, but I want to get rid of the ads. It's so much easier. So with more holidays coming up, uh, more holiday uh, ads coming up. I wanted to give you a bit of a warning here as we uh, we move forward, or at least a heads up, not really a warning. So, all right, with that out of the way, one last thing, and then we're going to jump right into Chris and myself for a two-hour conversation in wrestling. I recently downloaded this app. It's called Wisdom. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Uh, the Wisdom app is such an amazing application. I've never heard of it until I was just kind of browsing things one day, and other people had recommended it to me. Wisdom is such an amazing app because it allows you to connect with other creators, other people that you can pick their brain, right? Other people that have been successful have maybe done what you're looking to do and just listen to them. You can listen to them and in most cases for free. Their, uh, their talks, as they call them, are actually going to be archived so you can listen to them on demand. And why am I telling you about this app called Wisdom? Well, because I'm going to be going live on Wisdom. It's, it's, it's an app that not only archives your talks, but also can you can go live and interact with your listeners. So what I'm going to be doing is going live on Wisdom. Everybody download Wisdom if you want to uh, join me here. And on Tuesday night, that's November 30th, Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's Tuesday, November 30th at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to be going live, uh, not for too long, but I want to be able to just connect with you guys and let you know how I was able to uh, make this a successful show. We're nowhere near where we want to be, but we're certainly um, well, well on our way. And I want to be able to share that wisdom with you guys, uh, pun intended, I guess, but uh, because I think there's a lot of people out there that maybe want to start their own podcast or start their own business. And I want to be able to give you some insight, give you a leg up, so to speak, give you a, more of an advantage than you otherwise would have had. And I wish I had something like this when I started out because I stumbled so much and I did so many things wrong. I want to share that with you guys. So whether you're looking to start a wrestling podcast or not, uh, join me on Wisdom. Just search out the Wisdom app and I'll be posting this link 
uh, the, the link that you can directly join on social media. So it's going to be on my uh, Twitter feed. It's going to be on Instagram. Um, so check us out there at wrestling underscore audio on Twitter or uh, at WWE underscore podcast on our Instagram page. That'll be going out in the next day or so. So stay tuned for that. If you're interested in joining us, I'd love to be able to have you there. And it's really only for your benefit. I, I, um, I want to be able to share that with you. So, all right. Uh, that said, guys, let's move into our week in review with co-host, first time ever co-host, Uncle Chris, joining us from Patreon. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. As always, give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And I'll talk to you next time. <sighs> hey, how's it going? How is it going, man? My God. How much of a fan has uh, I am? Maybe because I'm, it's sleep. And now it's 3 o'clock in the morning. And I just wake up to do this. I feel cool, so huh? bad for you. I, I, I really appreciate <laughs> it. But that is that's crazy. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> now you said, I remember you said that you have today off from work. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that, good. That's, that's, that saves my, uh, my, uh, yeah, my life now. Okay, good. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I keep forgetting that I'm looking at it. It's nine o'clock at night here and I'm like, that's right. Yeah. 3am. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, maybe Would after you... maybe after this, if it doesn't, we're, we won't take you know forever on here. But maybe you can go back to sleep. I don't know if that's possible. Oh, I, of course I can. I can't. That's the my 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 my, my tool. I can't do. I can sleep whenever I want. That's, that's cool. So, no worries. Good. Good. If you don't mind, I would love to because I know I feel it, it feels to me if it feels better when we see each other or is it not possible? It's just. Uh, Maybe a little psychological thing. No, uh, I, when I'm... I, yeah, I can't. My computer, I'm using a really old computer. Oh, all right. <laughs> it doesn't have a webcam. Um, oh, all right. So okay. that's the, I, I have a, a new MacBook on the way. Uh, and so I will be definitely. Okay, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, no, I, I hear you. And I, I would, but uh, yeah. So no well, th this won't be the first time you're on here. So don't worry. <laughs> Do you hear this here? Yeah. Okay. Because I have three little t tunes for you later. Okay. You will love them. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't okay. wait. Oh goodness. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um. Uh, all right. So, uh, any other any questions? I mean, you've heard this podcast for so long that I don't need to tell you what this is about. It's the weekend review. So. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna we're gonna cover nearly everything that happened, with a particular focus on SmackDown because Monday Night Raw, we already had a full coverage that I've done. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah I mean that that's pretty much how it's gonna go. No script, where I'm just gonna kind of rattle things off as they come, and I feel like that creates the best conversation, especially at that time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, I'm sure um, um, I'm I have some catchphrases like this here. <laughs> But I have also one you will really love, really. And it goes 43 seconds. I don't play the complete thing, but I remember you in your podcast. Yeah, uh, it's so cool. I love how you do this 
annoying catchphrases thing. And um, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say is you said you wanted to, at some point during the show, bring up ones that you really don't like, right? Like, uh, you because of oh, oh, you okay and, and, okay yeah oh. and um, um because it's maybe funny and a different type of talk now in your podcast when you just talk 10 minutes five ten minutes just about catchphrase uh, <laughs> I, cool. I really try not to just like babble on about but certain things just really get under my skin there are certain things and i oh, i yeah. know that some people just don't care and they're like damn just move on i understand that but some people enjoy it some people don't and it's just I don't know. Yeah. So okay, we will we'll fit that in. I can't wait. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait for that. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Um, are you good to go? Do you need to hit the bathroom? Do you need water? Anything before we get going? I did go to the toilet already. Um, I will take it. No, my drink is here. My my water is here, and my eyes are here, and I'm getting clearer now. I'm good. Good. Uh, right. Was something I want to ask? Yeah. How long do I follow New York? Is there some date? How, how long do you follow me? Yeah, or, or, or be in Patreon. I don't know. Um, I don't remember. I think it's been. I mean, we, it had to have been a year now. Um, I, I think. Let me. I can. I I can look. I mean, more. Um. Let's see. Oh, all right, Patreon is different. I listen more. I know. I remember my first show I ever heard of you was with Mary Grader, but it doesn't. It, I mean, it was some some pay per view, but a few years ago, two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. probably. Okay, I have your join date here, uh, September twenty second, twenty twenty. All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. over a year. <laughs> wow. Yeah, cool. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should have we should have done like a, a celebratory one year anniversary of your patronage or something. Yeah, like create a whole episode for that. I did sleep at that time. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, don't forget though. I mean, you you do as as a Hall of Fame level, especially you know you get a one once a month to come on here if you want to. I mean, I'm not going to force anybody if they're just like, hey, I don't need to. Cool, but if Absolutely. You're more than welcome. And, you know, what What we can try to do next time, if you're interested in next month, if you want to come back on is um, December. Yeah. yeah, December. I'll try to do it earlier in the day. Like it would be morning for me, but it would be afternoon for you. That way you oh, don't have to get cool. up at 3 a.m. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be nice. Especially I have holidays um, from December 10th to December 26th. Oh, you have off. Yep. Off where? Oh, Okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah, we'll figure out something in between now and then. Um, That way I'll – and I'm I'm telecommuting to work 50% of the time, so I'll be able to figure out a morning where I'm technically, quote, unquote, working, (laughs) but I'll be, you know, obviously here. Uh, So, okay. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. And then I'm ready. All righty. Well, let's uh, let's get this thing underway. Um, I'm going to hit record. There'll be about 10 seconds of silence and then uh, we'll be ready to go. 10 seconds of silence. Yeah, it's about, this? <laughs> that's the way the recorder works. So once I hit record, it really it, it takes about 10 seconds to catch up with itself. So that's why there's going to be about 10 seconds of silence. And then we'll uh, then I'll start the show. All right. All right. Here cool. we go. 
Okay, everybody, welcome to the WWE Podcast. Tonight, I've got somebody new with me tonight. It's somebody that you've never heard, maybe ever. And I'm correct me if I'm wrong there, Chris, but this is Chris from Patreon, one of our most loyal listeners to the show and one of the biggest supporters of the show. And we've been trying to figure out a time because Chris right now is in Switzerland. Chris is not in the Eastern Standard Time that I'm in the United States. So let's, everybody, give give Chris a round of applause, a standing ovation, because right now it is 9 o'clock in, at night for me. It is 3 a.m. where he is in Switzerland. So, Chris, thank you for being here. It's much appreciated. I'm really glad you're able to, we were able to finally find a, a time to do this. Hey man, hello from Switzerland, and yes, I'm here and um, have to wake up again, but hey, I do this for your show, I love your show, and hey, so I'm here and um, kill myself now, but hey, why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, and we, I told him, guys, just out of mercy, after the show, go back to sleep. Just go back to sleep, you, you, know, you, you deserve it, uh, we'll try not to keep you too long. Um, but before we get into the specifics of this week in WWE, everything that happened, some of the big events, Brock Lesnar's imminent return, all those things, I do want to ask you, how did you get into wrestling? Well, um, it was a little, little story. Okay, 1993, I did live in the United States because my dad was in the U.S. Army. He was he is a Gulf veteran from the, from the first Gulf War. And we did live in Georgia, in Hinesville, Hinesville, Georgia, and in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, sometimes. And um, we traveled over there, over there. And I don't know if you know, remember the, 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 the where you can punch in. Uh, it's like it's sand at the bottom, and you have to blow it up in like a figure. It was from Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> and you can punch it. And it goes always up and down, up and down. Yep, yep. <laughs> but my first match I've ever saw was a tape, but it was Macho Man Randy Savage versus Hulk Hogan with the very famous handshake at the end uh, after uh, Hulk Hogan uh, rescued the Macho Man Randy Savage, I guess. Um, it felt like uh, good versus evil can also be good, uh, go together to be much stronger and... Um, go for the good because they see how bad the bad is. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it feels like like that. I was a little I was seven years old at that time. But really Roger, uh, wrestling was mm, I would guess let's say nineteen ninety eight really to watch it. I was always a fan before so but not a real constant watching wrestling fan because my favorite sport at that time was hockey, ice hockey in um uh, and soccer of course but and today I lost my favorite, my, my passion for soccer or something because in Germany or Switzerland it's pretty famous. I guess in the United States not so much. I don't, but it's coming a little bit, right? Yeah, it is a little bit. It's it's still probably like the fourth or fifth sport, but it's at least in the top five. Yeah. In Germany, it's way up now. The first number one, especially in Munich. I'm living. I come from near Munich in Augsburg, Germany. It's a very old town, the second oldest town in Germany. It's uh, yeah, 60 kilometers or 30 miles from Munich. Um, and Munich maybe is most uh, more uh, acknowledged as Augsburg, as well, I guess, uh, from outside the from Europe. <laughs> <laughs> and um, wrestling was um, always to me mm, to to just 
yeah, go in another world. That was really cool to me. And I did uh, watch a wrestling live event in Munich from SmackDown. I remember it was still, um, it was a match at the final between Eddie Guerrero and JBL. And Booker T was interfered for JBL that time. And who had rescued Eddie Guerrero? Yeah, it was The Undertaker. And then in the house show, it was cool. And it just in the old, old uh, Olympia, Olympic Hall in Munich. It was there. And, um, and why it was my stepbrother there. And, um, we are always fans. We have played a lot of games before in PlayStation, you know, um, uh, with wrestling. And my first game was from wrestling was, uh, the second one was Eggman 2, Know Your Role, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and my dad did uh, always uh, buy the um, the pay-per-views in the, from the German TV, from the WWE. And um, it, it was not that, that cheap. It was 50 euro per or D-mark or so. Uh, pretty expensive. Man. Just to make my days, one of my nights better. I have to wake up with him at night. And this too, it's, so it remembers me a bit of that time. Because I, we did, we also did get, wake up to watch wrestling. And then he go to work. And a few hours later, I go to school. <laughs> That's, I like that routine. And you said you started in 1998 really watching. So you were in the heart yeah, of the Attitude yeah. Era? Yeah, I was. Oh. Uh, my Mankind Undertaker time. That was that time, yeah. When, oh. when I really, really, really I remember and watching regularly, yeah. And uh, also uh, paper uh, papers um, in Ger- from Germany, Wrestling News. It's, what is the name? Uh, has a special name. I re- forgot the name. It was a pretty famous uh, magazine here. Pro Wrestling Illustrated? No, that may- in German. I don't. Maybe I don't, I'm not sure what they have, have over there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so you started in the heart of the Attitude Era, much like myself. I started just a year before you. I mean, so basically the same time and, um, you know, no better time to start. But at the same time, the bar is set so high when you start in the Attitude Era that everything that precedes that or, or supersedes that is going to feel not as good. When you have Stone Cold, you have The Rock, you have The Undertaker, you have Kane, you have Triple H and everyone right. else. You have all of these mega living legends on the roster, it's a, it's basically WrestleMania every single night, and you take it for granted. And you fast forward now about what twenty uh, some years, and we're we're now here, and it's like it's it's obviously a much different roster. It is you know a, a, a much more athletic and younger roster. But before we talk about today, and we'll we'll get to that next. What are some of your favorite memories? You told me about Hulk Hogan and, and uh, the Macho Man and the Handshake as one of your earlier memories. But when you look back, do you have a one or two or a, a few, whatever the, those may be, memories of wrestling that really you can go back and watch a hundred times and it doesn't get old where you could YouTube it and just be like, oh, this is why I love wrestling. Shawn Michaels, uh, Triple H, SummerSlam 2005. Mm-hmm. This was a brutal match, but it meant a lot, I guess, and uh, was pretty bloody at the at the end. And uh, Michaels won that match, but Triple H destroyed him after that. And there's so much, well, man, that uh, it was the only match ever, 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 ever. I did begin to cry because of the 
the feelings I had for Shawn Michaels. So uh, really, my God, I, I have tears in my eyes. I remember that day. My God, it took me that much. It was, and these two are uh, so much. Uh, what does it say? Emotional and so much. There's so much history between them, and um, I love that a lot. And this was the first match I just saw. Bam. What? <laughs> you remember that too? I guess. Of yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, this was, and I think it was 2002. Uh, that, that's, ah, 2002. Sorry. No, that's yeah. okay. Because I'm thinking, I'm like, what? Maybe they did because Triple H and Michaels were feuding on and off for so long that I'm like, maybe I missed it. But that the 2005 SummerSlam was actually Hulk Hogan and, and Shawn Michaels. One right, of the more, um, I, I guess, controversial matches with Shawn Michaels completely overselling everything Hulk Hogan did. Um, very, yeah. you know, that, that was, if anybody wants, by the way, kind of a, a hilarious match that Shawn Michaels did that he did in a way that was kind of a, 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 a I don't know, trying to stick it to Hulk Hogan. I, I think stick it to WWE that you're going to put me with this guy and he was supposed to sell for Hogan while well, he sold for Hogan and he sold it like he was being shot out of a cannon with everything <laughs> Hulk Hogan did. It's, it's hilarious. Um, and I'd really recommend you watch it just for that purpose. But 2002 was when Shawn Michaels returned to SummerSlam or rather to WWE after a four year absence. And, yeah. um, yeah, Triple H ended up hitting Is that, that's the one where he hit him in the back with a sledgehammer, right? At the yeah. end of the match. Yeah. 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 That I mean, yep. I remember, uh, Anthony had, uh, when he did the feud between Triple H and Shawn Michaels, he talked about that match, but it was a longer time ago. But I remember his podcast as well. Yes. I listened to him as well. I like his voice. I, he's easy to listen and he's acknowledges it all pretty, pretty good. Um, and he's really, uh, uh he makes, uh, his podcast pretty like he's, Listen like a book, you know. Yes. <laughs> you listen, it hears like, wow, man, he is really a loving wrestling man. That's cool. I love that. <laughs> yeah, no, you got you gotta love what you do in terms of, um, or at least love what you watch to stick with wrestling and stick with it for this long, like you and I have through all of the ups and downs and through all oh, of yeah. the just some of the, I mean, just no other way to put it, just garbage that WWE has put out at times. And you know, there's been some really good moments over the last you know 20 years, no doubt. Um, but unfortunately, when you compare it, when everybody just compares everything to the Attitude Era, like a lot of fans do, it's unfair. You you can't compare yeah. it to that yeah. roster of 20-some years ago. It's just – it's not the same product anymore huh. for better or worse. And I just – I don't think it's a fair comparison that a lot of fans make that, ah, oh, it's not what it used to be. It sucks today. Well, it's again, it's almost apples and oranges because today's product is not blood and uh, violence and sex. It's more about athleticism than it has ever been and some people love that and some people don't it's just a different product now my dad also says like me um i'm very glad the the athletes today they have an afterlife after wrestling and they're still healthy kind of healthy of course they do a lot of crazy things with the body but they don't use so much steroids they do maybe i don't know i Maybe some are uh, not allowed anymore. I hope so. And they look more natural. They look more like I can do similar. I can reach a similar muscle mass, but I have to do it. Okay, Bobby Lashley is still one of the biggest monsters. My God, mm -hmm. he's awesome. His body is my God. <laughs> yeah. But I guess they're looking much healthier. Women look like women. Yes. <laughs> I have to say that. Yes. And uh, they have afterlife after wrestling and. 
they have so much opportunities today, and um, that's cool. And I guess the, the wrestler generation before, Hulk Hogan and all them, I mean, Ultimate Warrior, I remember his last speech, and a few days he was dead. And his last speech was in the Hall of Fame, and, and, and Raw then. And in the Hall of Fame, he had this red head. My God, he and his it was like this. Yeah, it choked from his. Uh, I don't know. It was so red. Remember that? Yes. Oh, yeah. The, his, the image was, of him, his face was beet red. Yes. It, yep. it was like, yeah, his damn health is, is not good. Absolutely not good. And then the last speech at Monday Night Raw, the next day was that. My God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and he uses a lot of steroids and of that. And Hulk Hogan, I don't know if how much he did. Of course he did because of his, sorry <laughs> for that. But uh, Undertaker was maybe one of the few who didn't because of his size. And he he was uh, God blessed with his body, and uh, he doesn't need so much uh, of the steroids to help something. Or what do you think about that? Yeah, the steroid thing, I actually have never really dove into that a whole lot, particularly because today it's I don't think it's an issue. I think it's almost a non-issue today. I think that there are if people are going to abuse any drugs right now, I think it's painkillers. Painkillers, of course. Painkillers, while obviously doesn't help with muscle mass, it does mask a lot of pain. And unfortunately, I think it causes additional damage, not just to your heart and your liver. But to mask the pain that your body is telling you to repair. So if you have, let's say, a torn shoulder, but you're taking a mass amount of painkillers for it and you don't feel the pain anymore, well, that doesn't mean the injury is fixed. It just means that you don't feel it getting worse. So, I mean, I think if you're going to talk about any drugs today, it's probably painkillers is the most abused. But um, as far as the steroids go, I mean, you probably got your oddball here and there, but the wellness policy will take care of that and weed out a lot of people who are attempting that. But uh, certainly back in the 80s, I mean, it was it was the wild, wild west. I mean, you there there were you know Vince McMahon, there was no wellness policy. Vince McMahon himself more than likely probably, (laughs) you know, I mean, let's let's be honest. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think it's a non issue today, but I think it definitely ran wild in the 80s, lingered into the 90s, even probably into the attitude era before WWE implemented their wellness policy and and the steroid mm-hmm. epidemic essentially became the forefront talking point about wrestlers deaths. I mean, anytime you see it on the news, it they'd always insinuate uh, and people would automatically associate a wrestler's death with oh, it's steroids, it's steroids, it's steroids, it's steroids. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's un- it's really unfortunate that that's what everyone jumps to. Uh, even today, even today you still hear that. That stereotype is hung on. While TV shows are great to watch, no one really wants to be a victim of stalking. Stalking makes for good ratings, but who actually wants to experience it in real life? With over 160 websites that mine and share your personal information, strangers on the internet can find you. Prevent stalking before it happens. Hire Privacy Pros. Privacy Pros is the only hands-on, bespoke, American-based privacy company that manually scrubs your sensitive information off the internet. Let Privacy Pros get their hands dirty so you don't have to. Visit privacypros.com slash wrestling for more information. That's privacypros.com slash wrestling for more information. Privacy Pros, the premier professional opt-out services. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio.
especially um, Eddie Guerrero was a pretty famous death yes. uh, of painkillers. He, he's dying with while cleaning his teeth in the hotel room. Yep. Um, and um, Chris Benoit, of course, because Chris Benoit did use this to maybe has a brain. A little, my, his brain was like an old man's brain, right? Because of the all the chair shots. I'm so happy the chair shots are not on the head anymore. Of course, you can do it safely today from uh, at the front and maybe with a little hand over there and make a good uh, um, what is it called a blood job or a blade job yeah you have the chair you can do it pretty good but back hat is cool very cool it's not doing anymore it's shit back hat is horrible yeah and, and if a wrestler or not this is stupid yeah and I'm glad, yeah, no, and I'm glad that they have decided to just uh, do away with them as long as they're, if they were being unsafe about it and they they weren't chairs that were worked. And today's, you know, you, you don't see it today. I mean, you see it a little bit in AEW um, and, you know, you see it mainly being used on the back or on the legs or on the arms, anywhere but the head. Uh, and I mean, I, I'm all for chair shots if there was a way to make it safe. If there if there was a way to somehow have a chair that even if you hit somebody, clocked them right in the head, that it wouldn't cause any kind of concussion at all and it yeah. was somehow safe, I would advocate for it. I do miss chair shots to the head if yeah. they're safe. That's the that's the catch. I don't want people to think I'm advocating for concussions and I don't care about yeah. wrestler safety. But I do miss occasionally where they, you know, that they can't hit them in the head, so they just, oh, you got to hit them in the gut and then hit them in the back. It's just, yeah, you, I miss yeah. that. <laughs> it, it sometimes it looks like oh, I ha- he has to do this because it would love to do it in the head. I remember one crazy headshot with the chair, just like that. Undertaker, Triple H, Hell in a Cell. Was it Undertaker against Triple H? My God, my. Or was it gay? No, it was against Undertaker. Right? At WrestleMania, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, rest 27, WrestleMania 26, 27, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I heard it. <laughs> oh, you looking it up? No, no, I hear it now in my, in my head. Oh, oh, yeah, that one. And um, one chair oh. shot to me, the, the most just just brutal chair shot I've ever seen. And um, you know, then we'll move on to the current product here. But now you got me talking about the past. Um, Why not? <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, the, the the one chair shot that I the best one I ever saw was actually the first match I ever saw in my that, that I remember anyway was the Hell in a Cell match in 1997 between Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker the very first one when uh, Michaels was uh, at the end of the match Undertaker had a chair and hit Michaels as flush as you could possibly hit anyone in the head with a chair. If, you, if nobody has seen this chair shot, it is yeah, right. right before Undertaker calls for the tombstone and Kane comes out for the very first time. It is the most brutal uh, chair shot, but the most satisfying chair shot you've ever seen in your entire life. Uh, so, anyway, that that's my. I, I hear you though. That's that one between Sean or uh, Triple H and Undertaker was brutal too. My God, yeah, I remember the bad blood. Yeah, you're right. Awesome, my God. It was a, but it was not not a, bl- uh, a blade job. It was really blood, right? Uh, well, he the blade job happened when Undertaker launched Michaels into the side of the cell, and oh you could oh. see him blade um, right as he's being launched in. He uses it quickly. He puts his hand right over his head, and then boom, he gets he comes up from that bump and he's bleeding. So you actually can identify the exact spot where he did uh, blade. But yeah, he didn't get busted yeah. up on the hard way, but still, I mean that whew, it is it's a it's it's tough to watch. So <laughs> you said it was so red. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Shawn Michaels was one of the, my most favorite bleeders. I mean, Ric Flair, obviously with the bleach blonde hair and the the contrast of the blood and his mm-hmm. Ric Flair's bleach mm-hmm. blonde hair was great. But Shawn Michaels was also right up there with how well he bled and how good he looked when he bled. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do miss that, but nobody misses and wants to see Shawn Michaels with a bald head. I'd never want to see that again, ever, <laughs> I, never, ever, ever. That was a, the cardinal sin. That was a, a just, oh my God. Everybody Triple H told him that. <laughs> oh, it was so brutal. Uh, Shawn Michaels, I, we're going to pretend that match never happened. Can we just all pretend that, that if nobody knows what I'm talking about, the crown jewel match a few years ago where Shawn Michaels came out of retirement. But we're all supposed to forget that. Hey, they were so. just on a diner. I just remember they were <laughs> on a diner and uh, shaved their heads. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I would have taken the receding hairline with long hair. I don't care if your hair is receding. Just don't shave it off, my, uh, Sean. You know, it's uh, okay. All right. Let's get to the current product. And I, I got to start with probably the biggest news story coming out of this week as we're yep, now after that. Thanksgiving. Brock Lesnar. Uh, coming back next week to next week's SmackDown. It seems like to me that they're rushing him back a little bit because originally he wasn't supposed to show up until December 10th, buying a ticket to the event as part of the storyline. And now they're bumping him up a week, by the way, with no explanation. I don't, nobody has told us why his suspension is being lifted. Maybe we'll get an answer next week, but I have my doubts. So Brock Lesnar is going to be returning next week on SmackDown in San Antonio, Texas. What are your thoughts on this, Chris? Rock Lesnar, my God, he's still here. He still does a good job. He still makes impact. He still makes pretty good stories. He's always in a good story, not just because he's in the main event, because he is still is that main event. He has still this charisma. This, my God, he's a beast. Of course he is. And he, He's all right to call it like that. Uh, the story with him and maybe it's Roman Reigns again. I don't know what I have, should think about that because Roman Reigns said something in the last promo. You remember that? Maybe he smacked him. He told, he said also, I may be gone sooner than later. Yes. And um, then I remember, yeah, um, he's have also all these issues with his, um, um, was it blood cancer or something like that? Leukemia, right? Yes, leukemia, um, yep. And um, I know if you want to make good money, he has to maybe go really also to Hollywood, maybe be a part-timer like that. It comes like this because he changed maybe also his mind about that. But um, to back to Brock Lesnar. Um, I love that guy. He's um, he's a he don't like people. I know that. <laughs> I read something about in Germany as well. Every time, oh, he lives on his farm. He's just for self and his wife and kids and the rest. Kiss my ass on. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but it makes him so original. So so he's he he don't change his own being in in the product, but. He's maybe a lovely guy just from his family, and maybe he doesn't have so much friends. He's really that mean and bad. So being a babyface like he is, is cool, but it's it's just an emergency babyface. It feels like 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 a babyface, a real babyface. I don't know. What do you think? 
Yeah, it is. With Brock Lesnar as a babyface, it does change things up a bit. I mean, WWE does need big babyfaces in a in a really, really bad way. I mean, WWE has been lacking that big babyface spot for some time. Drew McIntyre filled it for a while, and then the fans soured on him because they continued to shove him into the main event, shove him into title pictures. The fans started to get tired of it. We all know the story there. But with Brock Lesnar here coming back... It does to me, it does feel a little bit rushed. And I don't know why they couldn't have put maybe a Jeff Hardy as the interim challenger to, to Brock Lesnar to uh, Roman Reigns between now and the day one pay-per-view on January 1st. They had some time to do it. Now I know Sami Zayn won it. We'll get into that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, yeah, I, I just I don't know why they couldn't have just extended this out and waited until Brock Lesnar was, you know, scheduled to come back in, in a week after that in December 10th. But here we are, and Brock Lesnar's coming back next week. Again, we still don't know why the hell his suspension was lifted. Obviously, it was somebody above Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce is not happy about this. Uh, I hope that Brock Lesnar, uh, once again, F5s Adam Pierce. I love seeing Adam Pierce get beat up. It's so much fun. I don't like that guy. Um, at least as a, I mean that complimentary, complimentarily because yep. he's so just organically annoying on TV. Um, not channel changing, just you want to see somebody beat him up. And I've, I've felt that way since day one. And I love seeing, no pun intended, I love seeing Brock Lesnar beat him up. That was a lot of fun. So um, I do believe, and I'll ask you the same question, but I believe that it's going to be Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at day one on January 1st for the Universal Championship. What do you do? You think that's the plan, or do you think that maybe this is going to be strung out to the Rumble and all? The way, some people are predicting this all the way to WrestleMania. What What are your thoughts on this? I hope it was Royal Rumble. I, I see Roman Reigns at the commentary. Uh, he's the champion. He's coming from his match. Go there to the commentary, and then sometimes the music hits from Brock Lesnar, maybe number thirty. And um, yeah, but the thing is, you cannot let Brock Lesnar win. You can because he can. He can do it. He's that beast, but it is time for a very new winner. I hope for a very new guy this year, not a, a single guy we uh, now think he is. Um, day one, yeah, of, of course, it's pretty possible. We have a lot of weeks ahead, especially, as you said, um, December is no pay-per-view, right? Um, nope, no, no pay-per-view. pay-per-view. Nope. Wow, that's... But a, I, I, you say it also because of why? Because of December is just, I, yeah. I think that they have, while they have not put something official out, my belief is that they know that December is kind of a dead time for wrestling because it's the holidays. You know, they're, yeah. they're finishing up the year. Royal Rumble's just around the corner. It's just, from a cycle standpoint, always just kind of a down month. So I think that's why. But then when I think about Brock Lesnar, okay, he just he has this private chat. He can fly just there and go home again on Christmas or after Christmas or after New Year. So it doesn't doesn't really matter to him. Um, then I get thinking about his if Roman Reigns will lose, but I, I, I still hope no, no. Brock Lesnar is not that guy to take the title from him, and I still hope it, it will be a. Again, a crazy, maybe a disqualification this time. As, yeah, I hope so for that. Something really crazy happened. Then WrestleMania, that's the final match. Yeah, I guess that's just a really good line for this. But how does Brock Lesnar earn that spot if he loses again or yeah, not win the, the match at this uh, day one? Um, but do I see Roman Reigns again against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania? Of course, it's a big time match, but my personally feeling is it's time for uh, a new guy 
you step up, but beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. He beats Brock, uh, Roman Reigns, sorry, at SummerSlam because um, damn, maybe his title run is pretty long now. It's cool. I, I love long title runs. It makes it, especially when it's gone, then gone that uh, you believe it. You believe that he can hold that title. He is that good. He is a great guy. And um, and the blood of the, the head of the table thing. Why did he not play this with Vince McMahon? How good would that be? How good? Imagine the last scene between Roman Reigns and, and Vince McMahon, the old guy. My God, he looks. No, yeah. Um, and he was kind of the head of the table or the goats in in, in the same room to the in the same time. But Roman Reigns then sits at the head of the table and mm-hmm. <laughs> let Vince McMahon sit. Uh, beside by him and, and, and the left or the right side. How good symbolic will that be? Have? Oh, my God. Yeah, just a little side idea. <laughs> yeah, it is. I like the line that Roman Reigns gave at the Survivor Series when Vince was looking for his egg. And this $100 million egg. And was, <laughs> I mean, that's a whole other thing. But Roman Reigns said, well, that better be the, how much my next contract is. You know, like that's how much I expect, you know, $100 million. Uh, so that was kind of funny, but, um, yeah, look, I mean, Brock Lesnar right now, I think they're in a weird place because Brock Lesnar is a baby face and you know, I'm fine with that. I think Brock is a heel is good too. Brock can play anything, but, um, having him come back to lose to Roman Reigns again, I mean, what, how many times can they face each other to have Brock Lesnar lose? And the reason I say that is, I mean, if you're going to have Brock Lesnar come back just to lose what, what, why? I mean, because Brock Lesnar should get some wins under his belt and you shouldn't bring Brock Lesnar back just to continue to lose to Roman. At the same time, I understand why they would have him lose to Roman again, because Brock's not the right person to take the belt off of him. He's not the future of the company. He's a mega star that's here once every few months and he makes a boatload of money and good, you know, good for him. But I don't, I, I see where the, there's the, the, the conflict of interest because you don't want Brock to lose continuously upon his return, but you don't want him to beat Roman Reigns. He's not the right guy to do it, I don't believe. I mean, they, they could. I guess they could. But I think personally that Drew McIntyre not being in that battle royal this week, that was the start of something where he's going to start focusing on the Universal Championship. He was screwed out of that battle royal. He was yeah. not listed on that uh, the, uh, the list that was put outside essentially the teacher's door with everybody's grades on it. That's what it felt like. Um, and having Drew not in that match, to me, signified that they're about to start Drew McIntyre back on the title hunt and eventually leading to a Roman Reigns-Drew McIntyre main event. Now, maybe that happens at WrestleMania. Maybe that happens sooner. But Drew McIntyre, we also need to start looking at. But is Drew McIntyre the future, a really future, a new, a new uh, like I said in, in the beginning, we are in lack of great baby faces and great stars. But yeah, WWE don't want to create stars who can be bigger than the company, like in the in the past, and uh, they uh, want to hold them a little bit down. And to me, Roman Reigns is. Uh, can be like bigger as the WWE, but maybe after he's gone more, they could maybe part timer. Then he get, then they see how much uh, worth he is. Um, Drew McIntyre beating Brock, uh, Roman Reigns, yes, but I still, uh, you think they want to do it because they they want to give him the moment back he lost at WrestleMania 
because of no fans? Well, I, I'm not suggesting that Drew should beat Roman. Although there's a, uh, I think there's a stronger case to be made if you're going to have to choose that if you're going to pick between Drew beating Roman or Brock beating Roman, that Drew should be the one if those were all your only two choices. But mm. what my suggestion is, is just not that Drew is going to beat Roman or that he should, but rather that's where they're going to go. Like that's going to be a main event in the next few months, if not all the way to WrestleMania. That, that was my point is they're, they're going to get to that match. Not that Drew is going to win when they get there. I have one name now who I really love to see that, but then we have the NXT issue again, and we both know what happens to the most NXT stars. Mm -hmm. To me personally, uh, he's one of the guys from NXT. I can imagine beating Roman Reigns. I don't know why, but Johnny Gargano. Mm. Johnny Gargano is a wrestler. He's Johnny Wrestling, of course he is. And he, I liked, love his promos against uh, Tommaso Ciampa in his past. And that storyline was so intense. So it, it, it shows me how good he can play that role. But they already ruined him with the little call-up they did with him, Tommaso Ciampa, and some others who are at the shows some few weeks. You remember that time? Where they still won on the, have been on the main show. Yeah, I was. Uh, since then, I was mm, maybe not more than. And, and he, he's not like the main roster as well, I guess. Like the most NXT guards because of afraid, of course. And now, after that, they know from NXT you're not guaranteed to be a star at the main roster. You know, you get all the releases, who makes no sense. Then you say you have a 100 million egg. Why can you not take the money from that and you reinstate all the people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. yeah you, you've got like like 20 people's potential salary sitting on your desk and you're more worried about it just sitting there in a case. Right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> especially just in a little glass. 100 million. Just in a little But glass. at the same time, like, if, I'm, if I'm Vince McMahon, I, I, I mean, I don't care who you are. 100 million dollars is a lot of money. Why is it not guarded by like laser beams and you know in, in a vault somewhere? Why are you just ha the kind of lackadaisically sticking it on your desk with a plastic case that anybody could lift off if it's that worth that much? What are we doing? I mean, like, yeah, it was a little bit ridiculous, and ultimately it led to what Austin Theory being the culprit, and it there was like the payoff was the payoff was bad, and I I, I believe, and I said this on my raw review that this had to be a contingency plan. This couldn't have been what they originally intended. I thought it was leading to The Rock. If it led to The Rock, I was cool with it, as silly as it was, but it led to Austin Theory. What did you think about that? While TV shows are great to watch, no one really wants to be a victim of stalking. Stalking makes for good ratings, but who actually wants to experience it in real life? With over 160 websites that mine and share your personal information, strangers on the internet can find you. Prevent stalking before it happens. Hire Privacy Pros. Privacy Pros is the only hands-on, bespoke, American-based privacy company that manually scrubs your sensitive information off the internet. Let Privacy Pros get their hands dirty so you don't have to. Visit privacypros.com slash wrestling for more information. That's privacypros.com slash wrestling for more information. Privacy Pros, the premier professional opt-out services.
Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. I pretty much like Arthur Fury as I saw him, and he's played that role, but he's the wrong guy for this right now. That's absolutely right. He's not that status. He's like, they're coming from out of nowhere all the time. And um, yeah, they're not enough patient enough to build somebody like that who, hey, he really is a guy who can just walk in and take the act. Why not? He has that character. He's the stand. But Austin Fury doesn't have it. But Sami Zayn did a good job for him as well. Sell him pretty good in that moment. Um, but uh, Vince McMahon was like an. Uh, what's it called in. in, in uh, demand? Uh, H demands in the brain, yeah, what's it called? Yeah, my God, he's so slow and rural. I'm really shocked because how how he looked and uh, my how he has so much makeup on. Oh, Vince, God. yeah, yeah, Vince. Yeah, God. <laughs> he, he looks like a my. walking corpse. I mean, like, my God. yeah, he yeah. looks like the person that after like your you say your grandfather, my grandfather, whoever, whoever's grandfather's in, in a casket right at a wake. And you're looking at them, and you're like, oh, they look so nice because they put a whole bunch of makeup on them. And that's exactly yeah. what Vince McMahon looks like, is just the person you'd see in the casket at a wake. But he's he's, he's actually walking yeah. around. Yeah, that, that's remember true. Remember <laughs> Bill Goldberg? How many standing behind uh, in front of his door before he's going to a match? Ten people? Eight? Yeah. And from a 100 million egg? It's just over in, on an IKEA desk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a little plastic glass. Uh, yeah, oh. yeah, and, and then you're having people casually come in and out. And by the way, he left the room with this on his desk. That's how it got stolen. <laughs> I mean, this this is it was so ridiculous, just so insane. But I was willing to go along with it if it was The Rock. I was like, this is so insanely bad. But if it led to The Rock coming out, I was like, all right, fine, let's whatever. I'll overlook it. And it didn't. It led to just. No reason, no uh, payoff other than we bring Vince McMahon back after not being on TV for many, many months to talk about a, an egg. That's why we brought him back. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, was Vince just getting tired of sitting backstage and wanted to be on TV for his own ego? I mean, it was it was uh, it, that was bad. And that's why I don't believe it was actually the original intent. But um, oh, so getting back to SmackDown, though. I gotta ask, what do you think about Sami Zayn winning that battle royal? We originally thought it was Jeff Hardy. It not ended up not being Jeff Hardy, as Sami Zayn was still in the matchup. He eliminates Jeff Hardy to become the number one contender. So, is there any chance that we see Sami Zayn? Any chance at all of seeing Sami Zayn beat Brock Lesnar, or I'm sorry, Roman Reigns? <sighs> How cool would that be? I, I guess the fans will be stay behind him. He has so much charisma. I would say even more as a in the, in the near in the same level as Roman Reigns is. He's so good. He's so damn good. He's so annoying good. Uh, I, and and he's wrestling pretty good. I love his Alua kick. I love his finish and his pass and the any scene. Um. But I worried he's following um, his best friend out of WWE, you know, Kevin Owens. I, I'm sure they speak with uh, together about this thing of going out from the WWE. But they both want to go on good terms. I see that as well because they're not 
are two people like, oh, I'm we just lazy now and wait for our contract to be expired and then go like pff, mm-hmm. it doesn't interesting. They want to go out with a, a as good as they can, and that's I respect that a hell of a lot. Um, Sami Zayn beating Roman Reigns, no, but I love a near free count. That will be cool. After a lure kick, really so near a free count, that will push him over as well. That will, I guess it will push him. It will, it will give him, yeah, it will be good for him. Uh, a near win against Roman Reigns will help him maybe, and turn him back to babyface until next year summer, because he's a born babyface. He's a great heel, but he can also he can talk a, a, a heel to death. He's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have been, and since you, I mean, you've been listening to me, but I, those of you that may not, and you're new, <clears throat> I've been of the belief and on the train that Sami Zayn, had it not been for Roman Reigns' brilliance over the last 16, 17 months since turning heel, that Sami Zayn could be world champion, could be universal champion. Say, say Roman Reigns didn't exi- didn't come back or he was still his uh, awful babyface character. I believe that Sami Zayn could have easily slipped yeah. into the world uh, title slot. Because he is that good, but I know a lot of people don't give him credit. He hasn't got a whole lot of victories until now. But now that I'm thinking about it, the way you're laying this out for me, um, here's what I think now is going to happen. The way that Kayla Braxton got the message, and again, who knows who she was talking to or where she got the info from on her earpiece, saying, we have breaking news, you know, Brock Lesnar is going to be here next week, um, and, and overshadowing and taking the thunder away from Sami Zayn right during his interview, I think is also going to lead to next week where uh, Brock Lesnar faces Sami Zayn, maybe next week or even at day one. It could go out that far. And whoever wins that match will face Roman Reigns at uh, Royal Rumble. You know, So I think that's going to be the setup where Sami doesn't actually get a one-on-one match. He continues the conspiracy against him. With Brock coming back, <laughs> taking away his number one contendership, and then ultimately facing Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, because I don't think anybody's interested, at least nobody from the general population perspective, of seeing mm-hmm. a heel versus a heel. Most people don't really care to see it. I'd like to see it, but I don't think that Vince thinks that people would want to see it because it is heel versus heel. So Sammy versus Roman doesn't exactly put butts in seats like i don't think many people are interested in that from just on paper i'd still love to see it but i think that's how it happens brock is going to step on Sami Zayn, easily beat him in whatever matchup they have taking the number one contendership from him that's what i'm afraid as well why always to squash things i why can it not be a really cool match between Sami Zayn and why has it be a squash why i know you can make Sami Zayn over if he beats Brock Lesnar by an inch and then loses maybe after F5. And then it's a babyface turn in my eyes. Right. It's awesome. It's just in my plug in my head like that. He's going to a lure kick and damn, wow. And Brock Lesnar nearly kicked out and never, no one thought it was, it will be got that good match and you're going for 20 minutes, my God. And, um, um, that, that will be surprising. And WWE need to surprise his people more. And because if it goes to Brock Lesnar versus Sami Zayn, everyone 
think it will be a squash and then uh yeah if after a few months it's over huh? but how would that be 20 minutes match and wow huh? that would be oh i would love it i'd love it but mm-hmm. you know you know and i know that vince <laughs> isn't going to do that that he does yeah. not for whatever reason see sammy Zayn as a credible threat as a heel because he feels he's already got that that slot filled by Roman Reigns. But there are other slots that you can fill. Roman is doing a magnificent job, a legendary job right now. But you do need those you know, level two-tier heels. It shouldn't just be Roman and then everyone else. You need to continue to also build the heels. And if you just make Sammy a joke of a heel, then he's you know he's never really a threat. He's just the annoyance that's going to get squashed. There's no real heat on him. And he's not actually viewed or, or, or viewed respectfully. So I, I think that they're going to miss the boat here on it. I think you and I both believe, well, we'd love to see that and have an actual competitive match with Brock. Uh, I, I have my severe doubts. I, re, I, I don't think there's really any way that Vince would be convinced to do that. Um, but uh, all right. Well, let, let's continue on here with a little bit more of SmackDown because there were some other things that happened on SmackDown. Um Charlotte Flair kind of transitioning into the women's division here. Um, she came out and she was interviewed about her match with Becky at Survivor Series and how she didn't feel she lost. It was the referee's fault. And to some degree, she's correct. Um, so she she got her heat back pretty, pretty quickly. And then Tony Storm interrupts and they had some exchange of words. And we had well, Charlotte said that there are two levels to this. And I'm on a different level. And Charlotte tried to attack Tony Storm. And Tony Storm threw her to the outside of the ring and then tried to proceed to continue to beat down Charlotte. But Charlotte ends up getting uh, a, a pie of some sort from the Thanksgiving leftover table and hitting Tony Storm in the face. Tony Storm looked like, you know, she was humiliated in front of the class. And uh, just kind of stands there. And then not just once, but she gets hit in the face with a pie twice and doesn't retaliate. She just stands there humiliated. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? how old are you? Are you 12? Is this like your 12, 12th birthday party and you, you just embarrass yourself in front of your friends and you, you don't know what to do? Like, what? why is Tony Storm just standing there like a child? Attack her. Why? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I was... I'm glad that they're making Tony Storm relevant and being and anything with with Charlotte Flair is going to elevate Tony Storm. I appreciate that. But I don't like the way that they book Tony Storm to look like a 12 year old child who, no. you know, got scalded in front of the class it, that I did not like. Absolutely. Um, Tony Storm did a great job at WWE NXT UK, right? Is it? Yeah, I thought so right there because I have the, the network, the originally network, <laughs> not at the Peacock now. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, oh, you still have the network, right? From the US. Hmm? You still have the network, right? You don't have Peacock. Right, yeah. I'm oh, you're so original. lucky. You are so lucky. <laughs> I mean, oh. I am. Yeah. I heard that a lot. Uh, Tony Storm has, uh, is an awesome baby face in my eyes, but... Uh, this first presentation of confrontation between them, uh, she was a total loser in that moment. Especially, she, like I said, she did nothing. She just stayed there and like she's tasting the pie in her face. Yeah. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be a cool moment if they see her and she would just use her finger to... Uh, uh, to taste the, the, the pie and have a, a vicious face, a vicious look 
Right. Like it will be enough, but just like this, like okay, yeah, smash her with cake and go on. Right. Uh, she's doing nothing. She's just there, and pff, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really hope they don't uh, feed her to Charlotte Flair. Um, but Charlotte Flair losing the title, like, yeah. Yes, at WrestleMania, of course. Not before WrestleMania, I hope, really much. Because um, you have to make that uh, impact again, a little bit more impact. If she loses now at day one, mm, because it will be Charlotte Flair against Tony Storm, of course. Um, I still see a, maybe a, a triple threat, but um, I will wish Layla, uh, was it not Layla, what's the name? Uh, Aliyah. Aliyah. Aliyah, yep. Um, why uh, make something uh, a little issue? Uh, maybe Tony Storm gets a little bit injured and um, injured, you know what I mean? Uh, not really injured. And Aliyah steps in for her. So as you have two new faces against Charlotte Flair, Tony Storm in the commentary and Aliyah faces Charlotte Flair. So you have two new faces against these awesome women of a wrestler. Absolutely awesome. She's so arrogant and so pretty as well. Wow. As a, yeah. And, but she has a lot of arrogance in her face. She's, she's just boom, sprinting arrogance. It's cool. And she's an awesome heel. She's the best woman heel since a long time. Maybe one of the best of all time women. Um, because she's pretty over here in Germany, in Switzerland. She's pretty over as that heel woman. And she's called here the best wrestler in the world, as a, from the woman's perspective. Really? Woman yeah, she's called here. Absolutely. She's here number one. I heard uh, I'm also here in a German podcast sometime. I, I just listened to them. Spotfight is the name of that. And they they praise her a lot because they, she's made so much good work. And, and the mic and, and body language and uh, promo style and uh, how she, she uh, sells her promos, what words she uses, and yeah, all of that. And the matches are always mad, great. And 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 they told us um, they they saw her on a, on a host show in Munich or in Dortmund as well, and she give everything. Just in a little house show, they they, they feel like she's doing to kill herself. Just in a, for a little house show, she makes chumps and uh, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. So she is absolutely into wrestling, and she loves it a lot. Um, I hope she's not killing herself, but she's nearly not not getting injured. Just one injury, right? In the last yeah, what was it? One year ago, she was injured, right? Charlotte, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not not that much injured, and she's pretty stable. She's constant. That's also all things speaks for her, yeah, and why she's in that role. And it's good that all others uh, are jealous of a little of her and wanna just smash her in the face because I think that's also what she wanna wanna be for the others that they wanna hate her so much that they want to get up. She's she wants to annoy them little pieces of woman so they get better. Because you get getting better if is there a heel who you hate so much? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You're getting mm-hmm. only better if there's a heel much, much more above you, and you want to. And, 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 and she's so high above that it will be even cooler if someday some woman come to that level, and then you have new stars. You only create very new woman stars if you have such heels like her. 
I believe any wrestling promotion is built around good heels. I know that people love the baby faces. They're the ones that ultimately people are cheering for. And a lot of the merchandise is driven by the baby faces, but you don't have good baby faces without that bad person, that bad woman, that bad man to overcome. You need those people, those evil SOBs that you want to see somebody stand up to them and just knock them down to earth. Like to, to me without heels, you don't have anything to root for because you just have like kind of neutral people fighting one another. You need to have that evil so people can step up to that evil. That, that to me, it's really, I mean, it's psychology one-on-one, like human psychology, whether you're talking about real life, whether you're talking about in TVs and movies, good versus evil is, doesn't get old. It doesn't need to be reinvented. It is, I know it sounds super elementary and basic, but at the root of wrestling, it still is good versus evil. It still is. And Charlotte Flair represents that that arrogance of evil. Um, although I'm a big fan of her, so I don't know what that says about me. I mean, maybe, maybe, I mean, like I've got some of that in me, not, not the arrogance, but just the admiration of her character. I don't know what it is. Um, but I think that seeing her and seeing, um, the, the words of best female wrestler ever does not, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Charlotte flair is so good that people don't know how good she is until she's not there anymore. I think when she's yeah. not there anymore, people are going to go, oh, man, remember? But we're since we're in it, oftentimes you can't see how good something is until it's not there. I think Charlotte <clears throat> right now is getting a lot of criticism for, oh, she's always the women's champion. Oh, she's always in the title picture. Oh, you know, I think she deserves to be. She is that yeah. good. And she, since yeah. her return, has gotten even better on the microphone. She doesn't sound as robotic. She feels mm-hmm. way more natural. She's gotten better in the ring. She's even in better shape. I mean, Charlotte Flair is truly the total package when it comes to female wrestling. I don't know if some people just hate her with a passion, but you, you really have no ground to stand on. When you look at her resume, you look at her ability in the ring, and now she's going to be facing Tony Storm, who doesn't have a chance in hell, but that's not the point. Tony Storm yeah. is there to get a rub from Charlotte to elevate Tony Storm, and that's totally yeah. cool with me But because you need to continue to build good stars. But everything to me is built around heels. Everything that yeah. a wrestling promotion does should be built around those just awful people that you want to see somebody that you can relate to or you can live through to take that individual down. And do you agree with the Aaliyah thing? To yeah. Just bring her in also with Tony Storm maybe. And uh, yeah, why not? Yeah. I, 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 I don't think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Aaliyah right now is uh, she won that tag team match last week or two weeks ago with Naomi. And then she got punished by being taken off of Team Smackdown for Survivor Series. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, so we had uh, Sonya Deville play the evil woman and do that. And then. Uh, I think Aaliyah right now needs to do something other than just talking to people backstage, which is what she's on camera for right now. I think this past week she was – I don't know who she was talking to, but um, she, I forget who it was. But we had her get dismissed, and she just left. So I'm like, you're having her fly all the way across the country just to have like you know 10 seconds of on-air nonsense yeah. time. I mean like so I don't know what they're doing with Aaliyah. But having her, yes, in, in, a, in some kind of triple threat or something with Tony Storm and Charlotte Flair – yeah, I mean, like, look, we're all into having new matches. Everybody loves new. I mean, like, that that is true. Um, but uh, I'm all for that. I, I mean, yeah, it'd help Aaliyah, too. 
or or at least like I said, just a one on one between Charlotte on and and Aaliyah first because uh, Tony get injured or something like that. I see Aaliyah in a kind of spot like Jeff Hardy against Undertaker. I, I said that in a mailbag some yeah one two years ago one year half. It was one of the moments when Jeff Hardy hit that chair on the head of Undertaker and nearly maybe had the chance to win and he climbed that ladder. This is this unexpected thing I miss at WWE. Such a moment from Aaliyah or Tony Storm is enough to build a new baby face, a new star. She doesn't have to beat that heel. And it's good if the heel is like unreachable and, and very so good and so unbeatable. And that makes that, that, that win uh, against Charlotte even more better and even more impact. And, uh, and, and this only gets with patience and, and patience is something WD doesn't have a lot of <laughs> left. Um, uh, I'm all for if Charlotte Flair goes to SummerSlam, I'll only use title there because SummerSlam is, uh, it's like summer and summer, summer is, is something, oh, sun is shining and you're feeling good and, now it's time for the good to win. And uh, of course, WrestleMania is even more that. Uh, um, if someone takes the title of Charlotte Flair, I still think, it, uh, no, it's no, no, it's not happening now because uh, Rhea Ripley is on Raw, right? She's on Raw. Yep. 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because Rhea Ripley is, of course, she's the new champion at WrestleMania. No matter, no, no doubts about that. And from Raw's perspective, she will beat Becky Lynch. That's my pick. From WrestleMania, from today. <laughs> oh wow, you're broken out four four months or so now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 She will be here. Uh, Rhea Ripley is my guy. She's pretty good. My guy. She's an appearance. But yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, no, I I could see that. I mean, Rhea Ripley has been kind of stuck in this tag team right now with uh, yeah, Nikki. Horrible. My um, God. And, and I I also understand WWE's conundrum that they really did to themselves over there on Raw with creating no women's tag team division. I mean, really on both brands, they have two teams now, two, uh, and you know that's it. So if they dissolve Rhea Ripley and Nikki, then now you don't have anybody else except the one team on the in the division that are champions and they're just unopposed as champions, which Nikki and Rhea were for many weeks. So I don't know. They should just dismiss or at least just kind of put the women's tag team belts in hiding. Don't say you're dissolving them. Just, just quietly put them aside, just put them in the drawer, bring them back. When you actually have a division, you can yeah. use these championships for, I'm not understanding why they have a championship for a division. They don't have, they don't have people to fill. I don't I don't get that. Um, I mean, you look at this past week, though, you have Naomi and Sasha Banks defeat Natalia and Shayna Baszler. I mean, of course, you had Sonya Deville on commentary and she was playing nice this week. I don't know what that was oh, about. Yeah. Um, but so, I mean, but these aren't real tag teams. I mean, Natalia and Shayna, I guess, are more of a tag team than Naomi and Sasha. But well, first of all, did, comment on the women's tag team division and this match. Sonny Deville, awesome. Just awesome. And uh, Sasha Banks, yeah. I I felt like she's really tried to put Naomi over from, I guess there was a, she's not in that, she, she did not try to be the main spot there. And that was pretty cool from her as well, from the booking as well. But Naomi, uh, she's, 
She's not break out. I hope she's breaking out now. She's breaking out. She has that story with Sonya Deville, and Sonya Deville is also she's very good in locals and at uh, bringing it pretty serious what she's saying and uh, with that eyes and that that voice and pretty good. Um, I like that as well. I like. Well, I know what you mean. You mean that they'll talk between uh, Sasha and uh, Naomi, uh, Sonya, right? Yes, that was. My God, good, very good stuff. Yeah, and she she beats Sasha Banks at that point. Great, great. With just one word, what is it? What does he say? You remember what she said to Sasha Banks? It was. Uh, well, you remember she, that? Well, Naomi, she was trying to advocate for Naomi about yeah, yeah, and, and uh, she didn't give her an answer as to why she has a problem with Naomi. She said she didn't have a problem with Naomi, which was a whole bunch of nonsense. Um, and then she put her in a match with this, how the whole match came about was her with Sasha Banks confronting Sonya Deville. And that's how this whole match came about was, was that, that, that backstage segment. I have an idea for the WWE women's tag team titles, bring back the boogeyman and let him eat the belts <laughs> instead of the worms. Uh, yes. <laughs> a- anything. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would yes. Oh, they're gone now. The boogeyman had eat them. <laughs> the boogeyman. It's very late at night. I know uh, that. That's but it, it it somehow still works. That's funny. Yeah, that means boogeyman. Yeah, that that is uh hell yeah. Like I'm uh, can we can we start a petition on change.org or something? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's the bells instead of worms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. And oh my, I still think about those worms. I'm like, how did he do that? I could have never done that. Um. But yes, 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 yes. I mean, the women's tag team belts. What would you do with the women's tag team belts? Would you would you just kind of put them aside right now? Like, what would you do? Would you try to revive the women's tag team division? Bring up more, bring up more women from NXT or outside of NXT? What would you do? A free brand thing, one title. So just one tag team champions in free brands, SmackDown, Raw, and NXT, and. Um, then, yeah, take the title as a way now and wait one year, build one year tag teams, mm-hmm. make a tournament or something like that. And then WrestleMania 39, you have the women's tag team titles in the middle event. That will be cool. Now, you build, rebuild it but with, tr- with all three brands. But, of course, NXT is not a brand anymore. It's just a 2.0 and with rainbow colors. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> and and they have something in in going with um, Indy Hartwell, right? And Dexter Loomis. I don't know what happened with this, and it's just a love story. I know. Um, they have Xia Lee coming now. Yes, Xia Lee is a very sympathetic woman. I saw one so long a time ago. I saw a video of her in a workout with Seamus. I don't know if you see that. She no. workouts. It's so sympathetic. And she's, uh, my God, she's strong. My goodness. Look at that. She, she looks like a woman, but she's smart. She has a workout for him, and he can't do it. <laughs> he has no chance doing that. It's pretty cool. Um, you can Google it. Xiaoli and Seamus. Very sympathetic woman. Um, I don't know if this role she plays now is really thing for her. I don't know. Okay, the silly uh, smiling thing she did at the Royal Rumble some years ago, uh, it was also not hers. But I don't know if this... She's kind of uh, Bill, uh, Kill Bill 
in this comic thing and uh, she's playing like uh, Lucy Liu. She's also in, remember Lucy Liu, the, the, the Chinese woman in the in the movie of Kill Bill. Yep. And her past was also like the same style with that comic in the past, and she's the savior of her family. She's that one woman like this, and that's the same thing like Xiaoli does now. That's the I remember exactly Kill Bill at that moment. Don't put any ideas in Vince's head. I mean, like, I'm I'm worried that he not, he's not sure what to do. He's not sure. He's like, hey guys, we got this really like you know stellar athlete. She's she's foreign. She's got this exotic nature to her, but she's fierce. What do we do, guys? Has anybody seen any good movies lately? You know, so perhaps you just uh, sent that out into the universe that he's now going to mimic that character from Kill Bill. Um, so let's let's all say a small prayer, but. That said, you know, like, look, I think Xia will be an addition, a really welcome addition to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Really, the entire women's division, I'm talking company-wide, needs depth, a lot more depth. Because, yeah. they, I mean, the women are a fraction of the number of men that are on the roster. And they often don't have qualifying matches for things because they don't have enough women to. So just randomly, you'll see women just get plopped into tournaments or into triple threat matches for no good reason, just because... Other than, hey, we don't have enough women on the roster to create qualifying matches because there's not enough people. So um, I think that up and down, the women's division from a depth perspective needs more help than the men's division. Um, and Xia coming up is a, is a step in the right direction. And they've done some nice promos, uh, some kind of, I guess that's what you'd call them, uh, for the last several weeks with her. And uh, not really, you don't really know a whole lot about her other than she looks dangerous, right? Like that's... If you didn't know anything about her and you just looked at this for the first time, you'd say, okay, she, she's new. Uh, she looks like she can handle a weapon and she looks like a great athlete. And that's all, you know, I mean, because these promos haven't been really in depth, um, you know, and, and, and I think that she will be a welcome addition though. Are you, are you excited to at least see her on SmackDown or are you kind of concerned that they won't know what the heck to do with her? You like the the the, the daddy's girl gimmick with the, the blonde? I read in German paper they smash it. They plan to smash it again after just one promo video. Xia Li is uh, I, I I wonder because she's uh, she's presenting as a baby face because the protector is a, fa- a baby face thing, not a heel thing. Right. And what kind of baby face she will be? Is it uh, just serious looking baby face? Then I don't. I, that's that's the thing I have to. I'm worried about what kind of baby face she wa- want to be because I, I cannot imagine her as a heel, but because it would be no sense. I'm the protector, and I'll go go against the good ones, huh? No, <laughs> <laughs> this is what I worry about as well. Yes, they don't know what to do with her, so now it's already confusing because we have to see her first, of course. A promo video is a promo video, but she has a very pretty. Serious bad eyes, bad look. Oh, it's like angry, and that's not pretty baby face like. Yeah. And we also have no guarantee that she's even going to debut. I mean, WWE has had a habit of that over the last oh, yeah. couple of years of <laughs> doing a bunch of vignettes for people, promos, and then they end up not showing up or doing anything, or we don't see them, or they just get let go. I mean, Elias, where the hell's Elias? Is he still lost in the woods? Should we send a search party? I mean, right, right, right now, Elias is just. I mean, we, we saw promos on him in you know months ago about burning he's, his guitar, like he's going through this character change. Nothing, nothing. 
I mean, so th- this wouldn't be the first time that we just have endless promos or it just ends up being nothing and they, they just don't end up debuting. I mean, I really it's at that level now where I don't even trust WWE when they tell us somebody's coming that they're actually going to be coming because we've seen before that they just put this in, in, they invest all this time into production and creative and then they just go, eh, well, you know what? That doesn't sound like a good idea. Cut them. I mean, so we, we've seen this before. Um, so I, I, I don't think that's going to happen with Xia because women, the women's division, like I said, needs it really badly. They need depth. But I, I sadly don't have all the faith in the world that they're going to fully debut her. I'm concerned. Um, all right. Well, I want to continue on here with SmackDown and then touch a little bit on Monday Night Raw. Uh, we had also on the show Jeff Hardy and Drew McIntyre defeat Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin via pinfall after Hardy hit Moss with a swanton bomb. Um, I mean, this to me was a match that was just kind of, it, it was a feel good match. Jeff Hardy's on a hell of a roll lately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. McIntyre is starting to get his momentum back too. Uh, Madcap Moss and Corbin are just kind of these jokey, annoying uh, heels that you don't, you know, you're not going to pay money to see him get beat up, but it's fun to watch them get beat up because they're so just obnoxious. So there's that. But this was a feel-good match. What did you think about it? I love Jeff Hardy's uh, character as well. Um, he's, his entrance music is still like, after his hits, you hear the people going in, and it's so the crowd was so uh, warm to him. It's always, they appreciate him. But like I said, they he's on the longest farewell tour of the world, <laughs> like the Rolling Stones. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I guess they want to enjoy every last moment with him. And maybe in one year, he's not there anymore. I can't imagine uh, having him the last match at WrestleMania or SummerSlam next year. Um, Jeff Hardy is a pretty natural guy, easy to follow. And he's had his bad times that, what, that makes him more sympathetic because he was also on the bottom uh, with alcohol and all of that. So he's, he's 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 fighting against so much and coming back again. He's falling down. He's coming back again, and that what makes him so uh, near to the people, I guess. That's why they love him. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Jeff Hardy, right now. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Jeff Hardy. He's one of those guys that they brought back at WrestleMania 33. I was there in um, in Orlando when that happened. When they brought back the Hardy Boys and they won the tag titles. One of the best moments of the entire pay per view, if not the best moment. Uh, I was actually sadly getting in line for getting a T-shirt during that match, thinking nothing exciting was going to happen, and then I hear the Hardy Boys music hit. I was not happy about that. But um, that said, he's been back for like four or five years now. Um, nearly. And I think that Jeff Hardy at times has had moments where you're concerned about his career. He's, you know, maybe he's about to let go again. Maybe, maybe you know, WWE has felt they got everything out of him. He's about to be let go. And I was concerned about him for a while, even in late 2020 into 2021, after he lost the Intercontinental Championship. I said, and he was just losing match after match after match after match. And I said, oh, here we go. And then as of late, the last couple of months, he has really just come back with a vengeance. And the crowd has been so behind him. 
it's almost like you said, he's on, he's on a farewell tour. And I don't think that fans should take his performances for granted anymore at this point, because we are seeing, I think the last of Jeff Hardy, I don't think he's going to be gone tomorrow, but like you said, maybe a year from now, is he here? I wouldn't put my money on Jeff Hardy being in a WWE uh, wrestler in a year from now. I really wouldn't. So every match, everything we see needs to be treated as, as a special moment. It really does because he is a living legend right now. He will be yep. remembered as such as a living legend. Um, and I, I was really hoping when he came to SmackDown that he was going to undergo some kind of character change. Not that I, I, I like his character, but he himself said, when I go to SmackDown, maybe you guys will get to see a different side of me. And nothing came of that. Nothing. And he said that on, on, a, on a promo before the draft happened and nothing came of that at all. So, um, and maybe they're, they've decided to go back on it. I don't, again, I'm fine if he doesn't have a character change because if they're just going to do the greatest hits of Jeff Hardy for the next year, fine. Yeah. Like, you know, cool. Jeff Hardy has made a, a legendary career out of, of, out of what he's done. His body of work is unparalleled. And this guy hasn't really lost a step since the, you know, the early two thousands when he debuted. And with with his brother, obviously. So I think that right now, any chance we get to see Jeff Hardy in a, in a ring, I think the fans are starting to recognize that and also come back and realize how good he is. That's why you're seeing a lot of fan support right now is because the fans are like, oh, yeah, that's right. We have Jeff freaking Hardy on the roster. Yeah, you know, let, let's support him, you know, because we also realize he's not a young guy. So I'm really loving the crowd reactions to him and seeing him in the ring and realizing he's at the end of his career. Indeed. They don't want to. They don't think he's. You say nobody is safe from the releases, right? Mm-mm. But I don't think he will be released ever because that this would be probably just from. I think now it will be the most biggest storm. They will lose fans again, but not, not so few. Just a lot of fans. If they release some. Legend like him, he is. He is a legend. Of course, he is. Also, Rey Mysterio. If they gone from WWE, then they uh, make it very quietly and they go and go and are gone, right? Mm-hmm. But not that way. Oh, yeah, Jeff Hardy's released. No, uh, they don't. They will never do it that way. I guess uh, he's one of the names. I think he will never be on a released thing because of that. Uh, he uh, famous uh, on the fans. You know, how, how much they like him. I think, yeah, you make a good case because he's kind of the he's the he's the lovable guy. He's the um, kind of the sentimental favorite of the fans. He also has been with WWE for the better part of 20 years. I mean, of course, he had his run in TNA. He was with other promotions. He wasn't straight with WWE. We all know that. We all know his drug issues. Like you said, um, that's well documented. He even has, if if anybody has caught this, I'm sure uh, that he has a demon tattooed on his back, kind of like metaphorically talking about the demons he's had to uh, overcome in his life, alcohol, um, painkillers, you know, that seems to be the biggest thing that he's had to overcome in his life. And, and you know what? Many people that aren't even wrestlers have to struggle with things like that. I, you know, I think everybody in our life knows somebody, whether it's by extension or directly, somebody that has an issue with alcohol and or other drugs. I don't think there's a whole lot of people that just go, no, I don't know anybody that has yep. no issues at all. I mean, like most of us know somebody. So a lot of times yep. that hits close to home. So I think that with that being part of it, his struggle, he's a real guy. He's 
he's not the best promo, but Jeff Hardy's never been a great promo. Like he's just, he's not a great promo. He can be a little awkward on the mic at times, but his in-ring work is amazing. He's got a great gimmick. His body of work is second to none. So you're right. I think he may be exempt from that, that potential release list because of not necessarily what he means to the company right now. Like they have a big storyline for Jeff Hardy that he's going to be the future of the company, but rather he's there because of what he's done in the past. He's there because of how much he's meant for the company and how much the fans love him, that it would be a really, really, really bad look for them to release Jeff Hardy, uh, given all of that goodwill that they've built up with Jeff and the fans, how much they love him. So, yeah, you're right. I think that it's not impossible, but he's, I think, on that list of, like, do not touch. You know, I like, right. you know you're right. I think you're right. And uh, WWE, if you're listening... Do a kind of similar documentary like The Undertaker with Jeff Hardy, it will work because he has so much to tell, like The Undertaker. From his, all his up and downs, from all his career, he has a lot of tell. And I'm sure this documentary will also roof to, uh, will be, wow, will be one of the uh, most reviewed uh, documentaries, of course, if it was the same way, a similar way like that. Yeah, and actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I th I believe the next guest for Stone Cold on his Broken Skull Sessions is Jeff Hardy. And there's oh, a yeah. clip that WWE put out on their YouTube. It was like a, just a two- or three-minute clip from that conversation where Jeff was talking about <clears throat> the match he had with Undertaker where Jim Ross famously said you know, to about Jeff, like, come on, kid, make yourself famous. And he's climbing up <laughs> the ladder, and he ends up obviously not winning that matchup. But Jeff talks about that match. And he talks about the release from WWE a year later. So that match happened, I believe, in 2002. He was released from WWE in 2003. So, you know, Jeff talks about the potential, you know, what ifs. And if I wasn't, you know, if I did go to rehab, if I wasn't in denial, he talks about all that. So I would really encourage everybody if they can. I don't know if it's actually available right now. Maybe they teased it and it's coming. Or maybe it is already available. Is the um, that Broken Skull Sessions conversation between stone cold and jeff hardy so um Go all right for it. yeah <laughs> definitely and let's move on here cesaro defeats ridge holland via pinfall uh this is from a bridging pin i guess and this was holland's in-ring debut on smackdown and which was kind of weird that cesaro beat somebody that has an in-ring debut usually you're almost exempt like you are you are essentially guaranteed to win your debut match. Normally, the only other guy that I can think of that didn't, um, who was the one that just got released from NXT that lost to Jeff Hardy actually, uh, is Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross mm -hmm. lost his de his uh, debut match on the main roster, and now we have Ridge Holland losing his in ring debut on SmackDown to Cesaro. Uh, maybe I'm not making too much of this, but. Uh, what do you think about Cesaro beating Ridge Holland and, of course, the connection with Ridge Holland and Sheamus? Of course, I love Cesaro. Um, but, um, yeah, you, you make the right point. Of course, you're taking all the, the needed beginning impact who has a debut, you take it away. Make it a disqualification or a win, but never a loss. Yeah, absolutely. Um um, Rich Holland is a pretty interesting guy, and he's a—he has some. He reminds me of the little what's it called? The 
the blonde guy from the Expendables, the, the big one, was <laughs> what's it called? Gunnar, 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 what's it called? Something like that. I like him. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty talented, but I'm also afraid now that he lost against Cesaro, who's not that high level. What he should be, but he isn't now. Um, yeah, if he does lose it to him, uh, what does he do? No? And um, yeah, we have a lot of problems with building new people from the beginning, from the bottom, from the roots. From they missed and, and they they make so much mistakes in some, some such points. Like you said, carrying cross. I think this is one of the reasons he got released because he he they may they make that uh, that wrong booking, make him losing the first match and then they feel oh he lost his impact, let's <laughs> mm-hmm. release him. Uh, yeah, I, I just uh, read in Germany they want to build Caring Cross as he was still there um, to make him putting him down, losing his matches all the way, and then bring back his wife. Who put him up and make him unbeatable? That was the original plan. As I raw uh, reading the papers in Germany, I had no idea. So that actually was in a newspaper, like a wrestling news article. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And and it's a pretty cool idea. It's a pretty cool idea. They put him over uh, to bring him back from the bottom. He loses his matches. He he's uh, breaking down. He's uh, hate himself. And then his wife is coming and build him up, so they can they build up two by two, one woman and one man, make her strong because she has the power to bring a man from the bottom to the top. That's so it's, we have spoke for her as a woman as well, mm-hmm. and you take her serious, more serious, and also in the women's division because hey, damn, she's that woman to who uh, put this guy back to the top. She's powerful. Maybe not in the wrestling ring so much, but she has something. And then you have two new people. But know what they do? They release them. <laughs> well, not not before they gave him a really cool mask to wear. I mean, they, mm. they you know, they, they, they really put the icing on the cake there, making sure that Vince puts his thumbprint on this and makes sure that he fixes people that come from NXT because everybody apparently is broken that comes from NXT. It's just it's amazing. Uh, you could do a whole podcast on the whole um, NXT quote unquote call ups to the main roster. You really could do a whole show on every analyzing everybody that's come up and talked about you know their their progress, whether or not it was a good move for them to come up. I, I mean, I, I could say with high confidence that a large percentage of the people that come from NXT are not well transitioned to the main roster. It, either, oh, yeah. yeah, it's just I mean, it's it, it really is a whole show in and of itself, but. Getting back to the task at hand here, Cesaro and Ridge. Look, I mean, I obviously understand uh, your your love for Cesaro, um, and <laughs> <laughs> that goes without saying. But uh, Rich Holland, I mean, I'm, I don't have much to really say about him other than he's kind of like a fanboy for Sheamus. I mean, Sheamus, you know, is, is taking to him because he's going to help him win matches. But Cesaro gets the victory here. Obviously, this program is not over. I think that this leads all the way probably to a day one pay-per-view matchup between Cesaro and Ridge versus Sheamus. Maybe it's a handicap match. Maybe it's just Cesaro versus Sheamus. I don't know. Um, or maybe it's just uh, Cesaro versus Ridge Holland again, and maybe or a tag team match. Maybe Cesaro finds somebody that he can work with and uh, take these two on. So 
50-50 poking again. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what this whole program if anybody wants yeah. to keep score at home, just start with uh, the match like from here on out. It will be 50-50. The math will work out. This is uh, a 50-50 program. You're right. Oh no. Oh man, mm-hmm. please. <laughs> we can see it coming. I mean, so, um all right. Do you think just one thing, yeah, yeah. one re- have one stable in mind it was 2 years ago. And I'm sure it have been worked pretty well. Um, if you put Brock Lesnar is not there, but Paul Heyman, Nakamura as the voice for Nakamura and Asuka, make an Ash Asia faction, make them dominant, and uh, beat them all. That will be cool. It have been cool. He spoke for those two because they both would have been a much better career if they don't have to speak for themselves because their English was not that so good. Um, but Asuka probably uh, did, do, does uh, speak much better English as in the shows. It's pretty awkward. She's not that bad in English. And um, but in the shows, she has to, I guess. Like, uh, you're booked like that. What do you think about just a fantasy little bit? Yeah, I know it's just put out of nowhere. Heyman as the voice for those two because it will be cool. It will be much more serious taken. I have no problem with that. I mean, I, I, the thing is, if you do, you're saying, okay, just so I'm clear, you're proposing a Shinsuke Nakamura and Asuka one yeah. faction, like they would be in the same faction with Paul yeah. Heyman as the mouthpiece. Okay. Yeah. Um, that would be, yeah. yeah, I, I think, <laughs> I, I, look, I, you don't see a lot of male and female factions. I mean, it very rarely do you see male and female come together because it's hard to have that with men not being able to really retaliate against women. Plus they have their own programs going on. It gets messy when you have men and women in the same, uh, in the same group. But that said, Paul Heyman as the mouthpiece for Oscar and Shinsuke would be a lot of fun and it would also, I think, take care of the weakness that they both have, which, as you yep. alluded to, is is their is their English on, on camera. It's not good, and you know, it, it's been, I think, one of the hindrances for both of them to reach that yep. really, really tip top. Because most of the people that watch the product for WWE are English speaking, and if you're not able to connect with your fans in a language perspective, well, then you know you're missing the boat on a lot of what the fans look to yeah. look towards to be able to connect with the wrestler what are they saying what do they want to do because in ring is one thing actions speak louder yeah, yeah but it's it's not the only form of language we do need to hear from you and, and paul Heyman obviously would be an excellent mouthpiece for uh for them and really an excellent mouthpiece for anybody but do I, yeah I, I, do i see it happening no 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 I, no, I, no, I, no, no i, I don't over. but no. that's a fun thought yeah because in ring they are awesome but oh they, yeah uh, yeah but like I said, yeah, the promo thing, if you don't have that, you're gone. If you're sooner or later seeing Cesaro, he, he's one of the best wrestlers in the, in the entire roster, but Vince McMahon does not see in promos what he can be, and that's it. You know, you will never be reached at that level. But it's magic as Roman Reigns was awesome as well. Well, don't forget Vin, yeah. Vince McMahon on the Stone Cold podcast like four, five years ago. It was on the WWE Network. When Vince, where Austin was first starting out with his podcast video on the network, Vince, I think what it was, was one of his first guests. And he asked Vince point blank, what is up with Cesaro? Why has he not connected with the fans? And don't forget, everybody in Switzerland needs to hear this. It's because he's Swiss. Don't forget Uh that. I mean, like. 
Doc, talk about alienating a piece of your audience. I mean, what does being Swiss have anything to do with why he's not connecting? We have seen many foreigners come through here that have done just fine and connected with their audience. So that was just an awful response out of Vince McMahon. I, I, I know it was some number of years ago, but I'm sure you saw it, right? Oh, right. I, yes, I yeah. did. And um, <laughs> we support uh, homosexuality. And every, it was right. cool. Everyone has the right to, but Swiss, oh my God. What the hell does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Swiss have not been in war since 500 years? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Like, uh, <laughs> apparently your nationality has something to do with not being able to connect? What? Uh, uh, it was yeah. the most ridiculous statement by Vince. One of the most ridiculous statements by Vince. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. But all right. Well, let's get to the final part, portion of the SmackDown show anyway. And that's Angel Garza defeating Rick Boogs uh, in a pinfall, or a pinfall scenario in a Thanksgiving leftovers showdown. Again, if you're not in the United States, you can give a damn less about the Thanksgiving thing. But it was a gimmick. Oh, it- well, go ahead. No, we we are celebrating this as well. Oh, it calls Ante Dank Ante. I say Ante like uh, uh, harvest. Oh, harvest. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, harvest. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, and Ante Dank was a call here in in, in Germany, or Switzerland, on Austria. Of course, we are celebrating this as well, but not that deep family like you. It's just maybe just for a normal day, but we are going to the to to the people on the farms. And thank them and uh, give them money, give them e- yeah something like that, donate them and uh, thank them for their work, and then they give back eating, and we eat this at uh, home then. Yeah, that like is this. really cool. I, I mean, like yeah. seriously, like that's a great thing to know. I really thought the Thanksgiving. I know that there was something called harvest, but I thought it was a di- at a different point in the year for other nation or other countries. So thanksgiving obviously you guys with the whole christopher columbus thing i mean that that's that i know is obviously specific to the united (laughs) states like yeah i mean you guys don't care about you know 1492 columbus sailed the ocean blue like that means nothing um but that's kind of cool like it is it's somewhat generally the same concept of at least how people celebrate here here right like it's all about family and friends and gathering um you know it's nothing to do with what you guys as far as christopher columbus goes and discovering america all that but uh, that is really cool to know that you guys do that. That sounds that actually sounds like a pretty a pretty fun day, honestly, where you get to, you know, talk with the farmers, as you say, and, and, and you know, mm-hmm. thank them. And it's kind of a coming together moment. So, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty, it's from the middle, uh, middle age, of course, uh, I guess, from the 18th century uh, something. Uh, yeah. Wow. But I don't do it that much anymore, but it's still there. It's still it happens there and there. Yeah. That is really no. That, that's no. I, I I'm glad you told me. That. I'm getting a history lesson here. Um, that, that that's good. That really is cool. But um, uh, what did you think though about this match where we had Angel Garza defeat Rick Boogs after hitting the wing clipper? Boogs got distracted by Umberto playing his guitar. Uh, of course, somebody had to go through the table of leftovers. Somebody needs to have gravy or mashed potatoes on their face. Apparently, that's just. What we have to have every single time that we have a Thanksgiving theme match. Um, in this case, though, Shinsuke Nakamura ended up being sent through a table, <clears throat> um, but Boogs, or I'm sorry, no, Umberto got through, uh, sent through the yeah. table, yeah. but Boogs turned um, into uh, turned into Angel's finisher. So Angel gets the victory, but Umberto goes through the table. What did you think? 
cringe moment of the SmackDown. I don't know. I don't like it any at all. And it, it helps no one. I, it feels like it helps no one. It was just there to make a table with a little <laughs> bit, eat something like there. And, and and who played the guitar? Umberto, right? Umberto played, played the guitar. It, yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it was so predictable again. And um, I know in that moment, uh, Rick Boots will lose the match, of yeah. course. Uh, um, to me, it was cringe. Uh, so I, I don't like it. I, I see a lot of potential in uh, special Rick Boots and in Humberto Calarillo. Um, Humberto is a, my God, he's good. He's good in the ring, man. He's, he's I love his jump and his work with the legs. And, um, and the other one, Boots is hard. Yeah, he's an entertaining guy, but I'm afraid he will be, like you said, if you make wins time, uh, one time laughing, you have a bad mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you. Bad thing. And, and he yep. will maybe never reach that level he could, could be. I'm afraid about that as well. Yeah, I, I know. Me too. And I've heard a lot of – so many people have told me over the last several weeks, if you listen to the mailbag and I've gotten emails and stuff, stuff since then, about people telling me Rick Boogs is going to be you know, the next big star. Why, why are they keeping him back? What are they doing? And people are seeing something in Rick Boogs that maybe I'm missing. I'm not down on him. I think Rick Boogs is fun to watch. He's got a cool kind of 80s retro look. Uh, you know, like I, I get that. And he, he's got a little bit of charisma to him. But some people are, like, losing their minds over how good they feel Rick Boogs could be. And I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm slow to adapt to him. Eventually I'll come around. I think he's fine. I, I'm not – I don't think it's – there's nothing wrong with him. But I don't see maybe what other people are seeing. We know nothing about him. Other than he right. knows how to play, strum a few cool chords on an electric guitar, and he knows some, you know, is fundamentally sound in the ring, and he supports Shinsuke Nakamura as the Intercontinental Champion. He can hit some high notes on the microphone, and that's pretty much it. And people are just, I don't know, may, am I missing something with Rick Boogs that I, I should be noticing and getting really behind him? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm out on this. I wonder how long this is going now with Boots and Nakamura. I mean, it feels like they are like six months together and he's playing six months. The, the music of Nakamura, it feels so mm -hmm. nothing new. And they lost some point to go on, I guess. And, um, uh, like I'm saying, you know, he's not going to be the next guy, of course. And uh, just because of that humor thing and uh, the entertaining thing. He will be kind of a liar's thing, just as a baby face, and then go away again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I hope he becomes big. I, I want new people to be elevated. Well. Like, I, I'm mm -hmm. not rooting against him. I think that, yeah, maybe mm -hmm. there maybe there is something there that I'm not seeing. Uh, I just haven't put a whole lot of attention on him. Maybe that's – I just see him and I kind of – I don't dismiss him, but I'm not really paying attention to him because you know his act. You know exactly what he's going to do when he comes out. You know what he's going to say, how he's going to act. And so it's not like I'm super like watching everything he does to go, hmm, I see something here. I see something here. He's just, he's mm -hmm. fine. Like, I'm just like, okay, I get it. You're, you're, you're good on the microphone or you're, you're a, you can hit some high notes and you know how to strum an electric guitar. Like, cool. Um, but what else? I don't know anything else other than that right now with you. And you wear an 80s, you know, workout hairband. Cool. Um, <laughs> what else? Um, so 
All right. Well, anyway, let's um, I want to switch over to Monday Night Raw. I only want to talk about a couple things on Monday Night Raw. Um, and then uh, I'll, I'll, of course, toss it to you if you have anything else. I know you have a segment. We'll get to that <laughs> that I, I'm very interested in. But before we get to that, yeah. I do want to ask you just two. We'll, we'll go with two big topics that are happening on Monday Night Raw. Uh, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor seem to be just starting to heat up again. They're no stranger to each other. But this match didn't take place. And we had Rollins just beat the holy hell out of Finn Balor. Uh, so there was really no match or for yeah for this paper or for this um uh segment here it was just they got, it was a beatdown and there's the start of something so what do you think about Seth Rollins and Finn Balor once again seemingly getting into a program are you excited about it or are you kind of like oh I've seen this before absolutely excited I mean Triple H Shawn Michaels if we had it in the beginning did also feel a few a lot of times. And it feels like they can do it again as well. They can do it just near next year and then two or four years. Uh, it feels like it never get really old. Maybe at a lower level, but never that down. And they both in a ring. My God, they're awesome. Um, I guess he will come back as a demon. It would make sense. It would make sense to me if he come back as a demon. Maybe at day one or, or mm-hmm. even at Royal Rumble. Um, and he will beat Seth Rollins, of course. He will. He must go over. He need that victory more, and uh, I'm sure Rollins can deliver him, but not now. Maybe, um, maybe Rollins wins the first match, and then the demon comes back. But the demon has to be a part of that story as well, but he because he needs that demon to beat Seth Rollins, and that will not. Uh, Damaged Seth Rollins that much if he loses again because we had yeah he had that loss against the Edge, but I still don't understand why he lost it. But because okay, if you losing if Edge loses too much, it's getting worse again. Maybe yeah, his name is big, but he also needed that victory. It was a very very difficult match, I guess. And with these two, I guess it will not be the last time they we see they, they each other. And I don't think Finn Balor go away from WWE as well. If WWE is not releasing him, <laughs> I think he will stay there because I guess he fits the style, but he doesn't not fit uh, Vince McMahon because of his uh, size, I guess. It will be too, a little bit taller. He will be a star, but it's, yeah, God, I got the size thing again. It's, it's so crazy. I remember Rey Mysterio being uh, who? Who does he beat? Batista for a title. Uh, at that time, he was pretty. Uh, he was also a little guy, but hey, he beat the world heavyweights. Yeah, that was <laughs> no like oh five, oh six, something like yeah. that. Yeah, mid two thousands. Yeah, I remember that. Um. Yeah. Look, I mean, well, first of all, the whole height thing. Vince McMahon would hate me. I mean, like I, I, I would be. I, I would not even make security for Goldberg. Like I'll, I'll just say that uh, my height. Uh, I'm not six. I'm like I'm like five seven, five eight with shoes and an insert. Okay, so uh, I would not be uh, you know featured at the top of the card. You know, but that said, I you know I, I'm looking forward to this program. Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. You know, you're, it's impossible. It is. It's just physically impossible for these two to have a bad match. You know, right off the bat, you're gonna get minimum very good match with a very good chance of excellent. Uh, with these mm-hmm. two, they are just so good and they've worked in the past together. So they have history. They've they're more seasoned now. 
um, th- this this program could be one of the best wrestling programs, not maybe storyline or you know even emotional investment, but just from a pure wrestling standpoint, this could be one of the best programs in 2021 if things pan out. Now again, we don't know how long this is going to go. This could conclude at day one. It could continue through Royal Rumble. We don't know yet. But as it stands right now, uh, I'm looking forward to this. Ultimately, I do think it's going to be Seth Rollins who comes out on top, as you alluded to. Edge getting the victory at the Hell in a Cell did hurt Seth Rollins a bit, and he did need some uh, a bit of rebuilding to to do with his character. So I think, yes, Seth should be the one to win because he needs it more than Finn. That said, Finn Balor is also on a bit of a losing streak himself ever since he lost to Roman Reigns as the demon in kind of a quote-unquote fluke loss with the top rope breaking. You could say, well, Finn Balor's in the same boat. Finn Balor does need a little bit more momentum behind him because he's been losing match after match since that program with Roman. But even though they were both on kind of losing streaks, right now I believe that uh, they look at Seth Rollins as more of the guy that they need to push rather than Finn Balor because they need somebody to challenge Big E for that uh, WWE championship. Yes, Seth Rollins has the contract. He could cash, quote unquote, cash it in. I don't know how that works. Maybe it's a money in the bank thing. Maybe I I don't know. But he does already have an opportunity. And I believe that when Seth does face Big E, he's going to win the WWE championship. Many people are predicting it's in a triple threat or a fatal four way, including myself. So it protects Big E. uh, But they need to build Seth. That's why I think that ultimately Seth is going to be the one to come out victorious in this program with Finn Balor. But the matches that we get, we're going to get are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Oh, oh it will be, yeah. Uh, I, always, I still remember the match uh, for the first Universal title match, right, mm-hmm. in history. Yep. Between, Finn Balor wins it and then he gets injured, and next day he has to vacate the title again I mean this was maybe one of the break points of his career uh, because they want to push him they have seen something in him and since then they just see that uh, little body and maybe he's more weak or something like that and uh, yeah and since then he has these problems he lost against the mid-card Xavier Woods from Roman Reigns to a mid-card Xavier Woods and lose it. Uh, yeah, it's a very <laughs> fast yeah, slowdown. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Um, yeah. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, excuse me. It's the same thing I would say now for that. Yeah. Um, I hope Finn Balor will be a star WWE because he's still in the very good age to build him, but. Uh, I'm afraid he will be not so, yeah. Seth Rollins has to be stepped in, yeah. Because Seth Rollins will, uh, if Roman Reigns will go go some two years maybe, be a part-timer, Seth Rollins is that guy in WWE. He's that. Yes, and it, I, I do believe that. And I do believe that Seth Rollins is way more interesting as a champion than Big E is. And that was my second topic about Raw before we uh, toss it to you for the, the fun segment and then we'll close the show, is Big E is champion. Now, I may be in the minority, although I'm thinking people that listen to wrestling podcasts are probably more in my camp, probably, that Big E is champion is kind of boring. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's not inspiring at all. Of course, I've 
I've given my reasons a million times. His music is not inspiring. His promos actually have gotten a little better. He's a little more serious. I'll give him that. He's improved there. Uh, in ring, there's never been a problem with Big E, but just he's just not inspiring. He's not, you don't hear the massive pop that they probably hope would happen when Big E won, wins the championship. He got the big one when he won it, but that's just because it's a big moment. All people know, oh, he, he won. Cool, he cashed in. I was here for it. Yay. And then after that, you know, he he didn't he hasn't gotten that those big pops that, you know, I think Vince was hoping for. And he's just not exciting as a champion. I'm sorry. He's not exciting. He's not the worst WWE champion we've ever seen. I'm not I'm not saying that we've certainly had worse, uh, but th- he's just kind of eh. he's just he's just there. And you're he's he's a transitional champion is what I look at him as. I know that's people all oh, it's disrespectful. It's a fact like there are people that have been transitional champions in the past. Dolph Ziggler cashing in as the uh, Money in the Bank winner how many years ago, the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. He was a transitional champion. You have people that are that play that role. I don't think that they intended it, but I do think when we look back, you're going to say, eh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a solid run, but ultimately it was just to transition the belt to somebody greater. And I believe that somebody greater is Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is on a different level right now. So, what do you think about Big E as WWE champion, and do you think Seth Rollins is going to be the one to take it off of? When I listen to Big E, he's not saying the words like he was uh, at that time in New Day, but he has the same style how he says it. It's like he's shaking still a little bit. It's like uh, he was too long in this faction. He has so much insight in him, he can't get rid of it. He needs to speak totally different i guess more serious loss more deeper i don't know it's still like he still i still see him as a part of the new day and that's mm-hmm. it's horrible i guess and horrible to step up and because you always glitch down from the top you, you cannot stay at the top it's just going there and fall down again and to me he's not a good champion as well you're right because he has not that uh Seth Rollins has a lot of different uh, characters played in the last few years. Babyface, heel, uh, corporate, and uh, you know, now this is a messiah thing. He hasn't. He's always the same guy. And now he's just reborn, but he's much too young to be that new great person. He can be, but he's just still a New Day factory to me, and that's pretty bad. And uh, to me, I agree he's boring. I agree also he need to build. And that, the build was way too fast in my eyes, especially when you break him up after so long time from a faction, make it really uh, – he, he, he should have, have squashed uh, Xavier Woods and Kofi and go away like he's – and then he's going away two or three months and then bringing him back. Bring new voicing, uh, out of the time, uh, kind of talk, and this will be a big, good, a good impact, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I think that Big E, after he loses the belt, is probably not going to be in the WWE title conversation for a while. I think that, I mean, he'll probably rechallenge Seth and he'll lose again, but Seth Rollins, I think, is going to carry the belt after he wins it. I believe he'll win it at day one. I think Seth Rollins will carry that through WrestleMania, maybe even beyond. I mean, I don't. It may not be just a three-month title run for for Seth. It could be longer. So I think that uh, 
Biggie has he's done to me it hasn't been disastrous it's just been it's been okay I don't know you know people yeah. it, it's just it's just okay and I shouldn't feel that way about yeah. a WWE champion I mean it, it's I shouldn't the problem was they told us he was breaking away from the New Day last year and he kind of started to do that but every chance they got they would reunite them backstage or he would start to pull away and make his own identity and then he'd start doing the gyrations and the hip swivels mm-hmm. and the claps and all that crap that tied him back to the to New Day instead of just creating and blazing his own trail and it's they just, facial. yeah exactly it's... like and it's going to take a long time if their goal is this it may not be but it's going to take a long time for them and Big E to kind of wean that stuff out of his system where it's just mm-hmm. not a reflex that he just starts speaking in new day tongues essentially yeah. uh, you know and he actually just I mean, finds yeah. his own voice this is what i mean maybe tongues right yeah mm-hmm. this is the, the the style of how he speaks not the words how he speaks yes he's he's the new day guy just speaking different things and this is what i mean but he's the same style, and that's uh, and he's close. Why not put him in a cool, nasty suit or something like? Uh, he's, like n- he, nasty. He's a huge edgy. dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know. My, uh, you see how Bobby Lashley looks in the suit? Not that bad. He's oh looking, yeah, looking badass, right? Bobby, Bobby Lashley is uh, is just. Uh, I mean, the, the guy is a superhuman. I mean, he's <laughs> he is insane, and uh, so yeah. But all right. And I don't get why Winston does not book the match. It's so obvious. Brock Lesnar and Lashley. How long? How long do you do we want this match? How long? It's I, so perfect. I will say this: when La- when Brock Lesnar is done with Roman Reigns, because I don't think Roman Reigns and uh, uh, Brock Lesnar yeah. is going to WrestleMania. I'm in kind of the minority. I know a lot of people see it going to um, early April. I don't. So I I think think that, yep, I think Brock Lesnar is going to face Lashley at WrestleMania. That's my prediction. I hope so. I really, I hope so, because we all want this match. Mm -hmm. Damn hell. Yeah, (laughs) let's do it now. I mean, they're both healthy, and they're both more than capable. Time is not on your side. I mean, you you don't know what Brock's going to do year to year. He's probably on a short-term contract. What if Lashley gets injured? You don't want to wait with all the variables of uh, waiting for that. So uh, one last question I'll ask, and then I'll toss it to you. Do you see The Rock versus Roman Reigns anytime soon, or is that maybe slated for next year? So they screwed up now <laughs> with the egg thing. So no, I think I, I look at The Rock at Facebook and sometimes and follow him and, so, and get some cryptic Hints sometimes. Uh, he had one in the last uh, when he spoke about his fitness program, but I say no until SummerSlam maybe. Wow. Uh, because um, WrestleMania, I still hope a new guy will step up against Roman Reigns. Like I said at the beginning, we need a new guy. Maybe it can be. So as crazy as it sounds, as crazy, why not go with Austin Fury? Why not? Build him now, from now. You have begin this with him. <laughs> Why not keep this now, this time? Be patient, be constant. He's a good baby face. Why not? As it, can, it can be a baby face in that moment. And he can build a baby face from, to, with him. Um, it will not happen, but you know, I guess you know what I mean. Why not go now with that Austin Fury thing? But he's on a roll. That's the other thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, what does that stop WWE from having people come yeah. over to brands that don't make? I mean, that doesn't. That's not a barrier. That's not a barrier, Chris. That, that's that's yeah. just <laughs> no. A Royal that... Rumble. A Royal Rumble. I want to make a picture with the ta- head of the table. Begin this. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. But you know, hey, at least, but you know, unfortunately. Survivor Series is the only time that Raw and SmackDown stars face each other, so maybe I'm of wrong. Course. I mean, like so. No yeah. again. No. <laughs> never, never. I mean, they, they follow that to a T. Um, but uh, all right, well, cool. I wanted your thoughts on The Rock, and uh, yeah, you very well could be right. You very well could be right, and I, I just don't know if my, my thought is if you were going to put you know me, put me on the spot, I, I think The Rock probably comes back in the next six months. Like you said, SummerSlam is also on the table because they're starting to treat SummerSlam like WrestleMania with how they're doing it in stadiums. So it could be a SummerSlam matchup. Um, But, you know, I also, just like with Lashley and Lesnar, I would put this sooner than later because you don't know what the next year is going to bring. Why would you want to wait until L.A.? Why? Because it's where move like it's it's where Hollywood is. To me, that that doesn't that doesn't do it for me. Like, okay, it's L.A. WrestleMania 39. That, to me, why are we going to wait on the venue? It should be about doing it when the time is right. What if Roman Reigns again is injured? What if he decides to not be here? What if what if he decide, they decide to turn him babyface and he's not doing as well next year at this time? Yeah. And you're trying to do the Rock versus Roman. To me, everything's lining up. You do it now while the while the while it makes sense and everything's lining up. I hope it's this year. While I don't think The Rock should beat Roman Reigns, and I, I don't want him to, it's going to be a fun program because it's The Rock. He is the true head of the table when it comes to that family, and uh, I think that that is a built-in storyline. You have the Usos. You have, I mean, there's so much they could draw off of there, and I, I hope they pull the trigger this year because it's a match people want. Um, and I don't think, again, I don't think he should be the one to beat Roman. It should be a young star, but from a kind of a, star power standpoint how can you not want the rock versus roman reigns so and they don't need to uh, don't have to forget roman reigns is not medically cleared you know what i mean he can still all every day he can, this blood thing blood issue can break out exactly Again. exactly with his med- you you don't know do it now there are a million variables in life and in, in in wwe yeah. world just you, you do it now. You you don't hold out. I would if I was Vince, I would put everything and throw everything at the rock to make this happen this year, because next year you, nothing's certain, nothing's guaranteed. Uh, so yeah, all That's right. Why I would understand Roman Reigns if he go to Hollywood as well. Why not? He can make more money to save his family because maybe he's not getting that old. Who who knows? Who knows? Right. Uh, yeah. And you don't have to throw yourself at the ground every single night. Like, I mean, you mm-hmm. you could make money, even in a lot of cases, better money by not, you know, killing your body on a nightly basis. If you're making better money. Yeah. I mean, he's all about family and I, I respect that. And he's, you know, he's that's why he was gone for so long with COVID and he didn't want to deal with the potential of spreading it to his family, all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I, Roman Reigns is a family man, of course. Yeah, big family guy. And, and if the Hollywood stuff is true, and I believe there is a lot, lot of truth to that. We, we, again, yeah, what if he's in Hollywood next year? He's kind of a part-timer, too. We don't know. So, right. all right. Well, uh, I, as we close things out, Chris, I got to ask you, I know you wanted to talk about catchphrases, so the floor is yours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to play first your f- most favorite catchphrase i uh, listened to your podcast a long time now and i love how you treat this catchphrase and i play it a little bit for you as well um so Mm -hmm. have a listen
boss time! It's boss time! It is boss time! It's 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 boss time! I feel like I'm living my nightmare. You're, you're, it's like I can't wake up from my dream. You are just like on repeat. I'm trying to wake myself up, right? Like, <laughs> I can't get this out of my head now. Like I've never heard, I've never heard Michael Cole on a loop. On a loop is what makes this the worst. Like I could have dealt with him saying it once, but it's like a continuous torturous loop. I like, jeez. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh that that is just that that's like China, that's like waterboarding. That's like a form of torture, like a cruel and unusual punishment. Oh my god. I have to go to sleep now, right? Yeah, like now yeah, now yeah. All day about this. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh, that is just oh my god. Did you create that yourself or did you find this? I find it. It's so cool. I, oh I just think about you. Oh, yeah, this is for mm-hmm. man. Absolutely. Oh, my God. 45, 47 seconds of hell. That is pure. That is my personal hell. Is that the only thing that would have made it worse if you if you put in when Roman Reigns was a baby face and he would say the big dog like that? That would oh, yeah. that is even worse, but that the, the boss thing is just the worst. I heard it this week on SmackDown too, and I'm like, Michael, shut up! I think he does it at this point to troll people. It is just the worst thing that he says. So, oh my god, oh my god, oh, oh, oh it was uh, cool. Oh, I love it. <laughs> that is. I That's did not why expect I ask that, for your yeah. cam. That's the why I ask for your webcam. Well, I, I will, I will, I will illustrate what I was doing. I had my head in my hands, just <laughs> distraught. Like I, I was shaking my head with my head in my hands. That is what I was doing. So it's a, exactly what you'd imagine. Um, oh my well, god! When I see you, this will be so cool. I just, <laughs> I, I <laughs> jeez, I should have, I should have, because I have my camera on my phone. I should have just, I should have, yeah, like I, I could have recorded the moment and then just sent it to you, like via, like yeah, email or something. Uh, but it, 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 I had my head in my hands, just sighing and 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 cussing under my breath. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly what I was doing. Oh my god. Um, it's so awesome it's so uh, okay okay. um, and the other one was uh was it here right yeah this one and then this one of course oh well yeah that that (laughs) (laughs) i i see that those are palate cleansers even even vicky guerrero like she was annoying but she was annoying supposed to be annoying uh but yeah that this makes me feel better okay i can deal with the rock all right (laughs) For a non-wrestler, Vicky was one of the best heels of all time. Oh God, she's so good. She's so good. She's point, so, didn't point. Undertaker like tombstone her at one point? I think Undertaker. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> she was a wheelchair, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. She yeah. that time. Uh, she, oh yeah, yeah. She, just an, just born with an obnoxious voice. Um, but yeah, she her entire career was based around those two words. Excuse me. I mean, like. Um, I mean, she is, um, I, I think ultra talented more than people give her credit for. Honestly, I, I really do but think there you see the was... difference between yeah. him, excuse me. And, uh, it's boss time. No. 
<laughs> because this is, this is the... <laughs> one is intentionally supposed to be annoying. The other doesn't know it's annoying. Right. Like, right. Uh, it's really cool. I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That, that, that I did not expect that. I, I, I don't know what I was thinking you were going to play, but I did not think it was on a loop. Michael Cole. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I have uh, make dreams today. Yeah, no, that that is uh, absolutely. If I was going to pick a dream out of my bank to make true, uh, that that would have been it. Is uh, is boss time? I mean, there's there's to this, this twenty four hours for ten million bucks. Oh my god! Oh, ten million on on a loop. Twenty four hours. <laughs> I, I I don't know because I mean that's a lot of money probably, but boy, I'd come out mentally screwed up. Like I I, I would need therapy for months. And like half a lot of my money would go to therapy. I, I don't, I don't know. I, that would be awful. Because uh, you are the boss of the podcast, so the people have to play this normally. It's boss time. My uh, man is here. Oh <laughs> Maybe nobody else is annoyed by this like I am. I am like so. No, it's so cool. Uh, I, I really laugh while I'm driving my bus. When you make this fun of the catchphrases, you and it's not it's the, not the only one, but it's the most uh, I reconsider. But most I'm I'm getting so much angry if he says that one more time. So, <laughs> it's, but I'm not I'm not BSing. Like I mean I oh. I truly feel that. Like I'm like who because the boss thing. I'm like Mike. Who exactly is she the boss of? Like let's break this down. Who is she the boss of? Just because she says she is? Like, when has she shown she's the boss? What does that mean? Right? Like, th there's yeah. there's no logic to this other than just it sounds like a cool catchphrase I could put on a T-shirt. I don't know. But that uh, was uh, that was the thing what Sonia Deville did say. Yes, the she boss. did. Yes. The boss, that was the thing. I'm the boss because I have to suit. Yeah, cool. That mm -hmm. was a moment, yeah. And this this look and that and then she goes away and Sasha was speechless about that moment. Cool. Yeah, she that was, cool. Yep, yep, yep. That that was a good line by Sonya Deville. I gotta say that. That was that was good. Yes. Um, and I also remember Michael Cole my you have given given credit. I remember the uh, the anonymous general manager thing. Do you have your attention now? Like that. What was it called? Um, uh, attention? Uh, no, he said, and I quote. And I quote. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I quote. That that was – Um, but he knew. Like he knew that that was annoying. And I mean – well, first of all, the anonymous Raw GM storyline was just terrible as – I mean because there was no payoff and they, that just showed you they had no payoff. It eventually showed it was being – it was to be Hornswoggle. But they just wrapped it up because they didn't have an ending for it. And they just decided to make a hilariously bad ending. Um, but yeah, the the end I quote thing was su intentionally supposed to be annoying. Like Michael Cole at that point was playing the heel character. I think that was at the time he was facing Jerry the King Lawler at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. so, oh yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> oh okay, there was a. I have to do this. Uh, I'm sorry for that, but. You never know when I strike again. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I never know. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm gonna have my guard up next time we talk. Like, what, what kind of loop? What kind of hellish loop are you gonna play for me next? You know, I, I'm very concerned about this. I mean, maybe, maybe you'll make a compilation of like people saying messages and delivering statements and uh, the word momentum. Like, maybe you'll just like have that on a just a hellacious loop. I don't know, but. Uh, Oh, God. Or, or I was not really, prepared for that. Really? Really? What? Really? Really? 
<laughs> the Miz. Yeah. You have some others you don't really. Don't uh, I, I'm like. not. You know, I should, shouldn't reveal this to you because then then you're gonna go seek these out, right? Like I I need to be quiet. I need to I need to keep these okay, these annoyances to myself because then you're, then you're gonna seek them out and torture me. So. <laughs> One time. <laughs> it's boss time. It's boss time. <laughs> okay, I'm good. We good now, okay? <laughs> oh gosh, I'm choking on my water. Oh. <laughs> uh, I thank you very much for this podcast. I enjoy it really much. My, it's five o'clock now. Yeah. Yeah. No, you you need to go back to bed. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 de- definitely. And um, I need to take a swig. I don't know if it's going to be of <clears throat> water or something stronger. After having to hear all that, so oh my goodness! Well, thank you, Chris. I hope yeah. the people listening to the end is because they don't have to miss this. They don't. They... Absolutely, yeah. But uh, I'm sure everybody got a kick out of that, hearing me be tortured on air on my own show. That was, um, yes, absolutely. So, Chris, thank you so much for being here tonight. Again, uh, as as long as you're a patron, you're, you're welcome to come on the show. We'll be doing this again sometime in December. At a time that is more convenient for you, less convenient for me. But uh, you did the 3 a.m. sacrifice, so I will be doing like maybe I'll do like I said, we'll do a morning, and you, it'll be afternoon for you, and uh, cool. we'll, we'll even things out. So <clears throat> I want to say thank you, but I'm, I guess that would be uh, that would be lying, right? I'm thanking you for 99% of the conversation we had. How about that? Good. <laughs> Good. All right, thank you so much, Chris. I hope it makes your night better today, and uh, thanks to all the WWE podcasts. I mean, you can find me on social media, but I'm German. That's a that's a thing. I I have a German podcast, a German on on Twitch as, as well, uh, Uncle Chris show, and uh, but it won't help you because you don't understand German. So yeah, it's a little bit sad, but I always will follow you. I like all your co-hosts. I like the new ones, like the Crisis as well. And um, shout out to DJ Kuzma who's making awesome, awesome mailbags. Uh, voicemails and so also of like the casual wrestling fan Ashley Mann, Mary Grader Dem, Anthony DiMarco uh, it's awesome and to listen to you I'm listening from Switzerland a long time now and um, I'm really a fan of your show and be glad to be a part in the future more times maybe now I'm breaking out from my shyness maybe more because my English is not so good it's okay, yeah, of course. It's not. I'm missing some words sometimes in this. No, I, I, well, I, as Vince would say, I think it's because you're Swiss, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm Swiss. <laughs> that's the problem. That's, the, that's what everything comes down to. That's uh, why you hold me down now. <laughs> that's just it. So, uh, all right. Well, very good. Um, so, thank you so much again. We will be connecting, I'm sure, very soon. And um, this was this was absolutely a blast. So, thank you so much. You too. Take right. care, man. Get some sleep. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to WWEPodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to Patreon.com slash WWEPodcast. Until then, we'll see you next time. <laughs>